Hello everyone and welcome to this Nintendo Life episode 160. It's the first episode of the new year. 2020 is here. We finally made it through the fire and the flames. Um, had a very uh, corpulent Christmas. <laughs> I feel very large from all the food. What does that ne- what, what does that word mean? Corpulent. It's a word that me and my sister keep uh, saying to each other because <laughs> she. I think one of us read it in a book because we we're like both reading books around like last year sometime in the summer. And one nice. of us, I think she asked me, "What does corpulent mean?" And I'm like, "Well, probably like fat or something because." corpse and like corpa is the latin for body and so like corpulent is someone who's like round and large and very body very body lots of body essentially is corpulent um so that's the that's my feeling that's my mood right now um what did you eat lots of food i don't know that's all look here's the thing when you have an indian family and it's christmas you just don't stop eating eating is the mo it is like the one thing <laughs> the one and only um and i've been out for too many meals and i've eaten too much food uh, good. it's good but you know that's what happens how was your uh food over christmas did you eat good so like yeah lots of caroline's family here mixed with my family which was fun and I made gyudon for seven people, and it wow, went very, very well, um, which is a Japanese beef bowl for people who don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, a, it's a lot like... Bali just trying to become a Japanese chef out here. I have been, yeah. It tastes a lot like, uh, what's the South Korean beef dish that's very Bibimbap? nice? Bibimbap? No, the other one... Um, uh, the bulgogi. Bulgogi. It tastes a lot yeah. like bulgogi in my view. Um Cool. Like a Japanese gyudon. Well, so. bulgogi is basically just beef, and then you put it inside lettuce and eat it. That's sure. really all that is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's got a good flavor to it. Yeah. Nice stuff. So I've been doing that, which was very nice, and ate lots of Sweet. food. Played some games. Played some games. It's yeah, good. Uh, it's a good good Christmas time to dig into some video games. So uh, before we talk about that, let's talk about everything that we're going to be discussing on the show this week. So for our first segment, we're going to be talking about the games that we have been playing. And then second segment is going to be an extended second segment with uh, our predictions from last year, our new predictions for this year, 2020, and then your predictions that you sent to us for 2020. And we've even got a little thing on the end that we mentioned last week, uh, which we are calling Game Trade. Uh, so game trade is basically I ask MBZ to play a game and he asks me to play a game and we play those games basically. So we will Absolutely. reveal at the end of the show what games we have outlined for each other. For 2020. So that's one each for, for 2020. 2020. One each for 2020. Although we'll beat it much far sooner than the end of 2020. Hopefully, <laughs> we're gonna, yes. We're going to start yeah. them like now-ish. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that said, uh, let's jump in to video games and uh you know both of us spent a lot of time over the christmas break listening to our favorite thing giant bombs game of the year Mm -hmm. spectacular with their podcast and everything and a game that was uh very highly discussed uh over that entire period was outer wilds uh, Mm. the game that came out like early ish last year it was more like like february march and then it was october on ps4 right and it got a good amount of buzz around the time it came out but i don't think it was until like the the barrel towards the end of the year where game of the list game of the year lists are happening and people are talking about their favorite favorite things and uh, outer wilds got a lot of play from a lot of people um and so bally decided hey i'm gonna pick up this video game and play through it yeah i i just i couldn't resist the amount of people were talking about this game and before i go any further i would say that i agree with everyone who sort of has been very 
um secretive about this game that bef- like i'm not going to spoil anything like major about the game but if you don't even know how this game works or what you're meant to be doing then i think it's more beneficial to just go in completely blind and kind of stop listening to what i'm about to say now because i'm going to be talking sure. about it in very general terms and i'm sure a lot of people are on this level that i'm about to discuss um but i'm not going to give away anything like game changing if that makes right. sense so just yeah. a warning out there like minor spoilers i'd say so first of all the game did crash for me about three to four hours in what a uh, bummer and, man <laughs> and it wiped it, no so i should say the game crashed multiple times but one of the times it crashed the the file corrupted and meant that I now you to, know how it feels bally now you know what it's like i had to start a new game but in short, it shouldn't matter too much for this game because, for those who don't know, it's a 22-minute loop that you are constantly playing and replaying and the loop ends when you die or 22 minutes is up and there's a supernova that will wipe your character out. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Would you classify this as a roguelike? Oh, God. Uh, or is it, I like, get... going beyond that? Is it doing something else? Because to me, it, it is more of a... I guess, story-driven to some extent? I mean, first, first and foremost, it's like an open-world game. Right. Um, but I'd, I'd go with that before I'd say roguelike. But I guess it is a roguelike open-world game. And there's, I guess Technically, there's very yeah. few games like that out there. It's very um, unique in that sense, yeah. So essentially, your commodity that you're gaining is knowledge. So in that knowledge um if you have a corrupt file like mine it shouldn't it technically doesn't actually change anything like each run is the same as the last no matter what although there's a couple of situations where that's not the case but i won't spoil those um um, but your gaining of knowledge when you go around planets and explore this universe is kept in a log and basically that log is updated with some quite vague descriptions of how stuff links together in the universe and you can view the log based on each planet or you can also view the log based on a rumor um, map essentially and the map will have like arrows linking this points to that and that links to that so rather than viewing it as just pure planets it makes more sense that it's based on like a rumor circle right almost. so you kind of have a list of what you have right. seen slash done almost to some degree though it's exactly. not that in depth or like telling you exact things that you have seen no um just to give this like broad strokes for people who are maybe not familiar with outer wilds it is basically a first person space exploration game yeah. right where you are getting in a spaceship you're flying it to planets it kind of has that no man's sky thing where yeah. you literally go out the atmosphere of a planet and land on a planet with like a lunar lander type of thing and there's i know there's like a, a landing camera that you can see the bottom of your spaceship as you land and Mm. then you go to these different planets and explore them essentially to find clues and mysteries about the universe exactly um and there's a big emphasis on space travel in the sense of getting used to flying your ship is a huge part of this game um and like i watched the no clip documentary by daniel dwyer he did one it just came out like a few days ago on time of recording um about this documentary about this game and it's really interesting hearing what they have to say like about how it's put together some there's some guys on this who worked who worked on this game who really know about like space and physics and how this game like all the planets are moving on like a 22 minute like arc like things change on the planets within those 22 minutes and you sometimes have to be there at the right time and it just constantly surprises you like oh my god i have to 
you know get there before this hits that and that chains a reaction that causes this and it can be quite stressful at times um and they weren't originally going to even put in the rumor map that um this game has that was like something that they did in the final year of production they thought why don't because they already had that rumor map for like their own internal use and then they said actually it would make a lot more sense having people play tested it to just put that rumor rumor map in the game um which was quite interesting so imagine playing this without that rumor rumor map which i kind of did because the game crashed but um (laughs) it's it's a lot um and i can totally understand why the game crashed because this game is rendering like I was explaining to you this off mic, but like the game is rendering the world around your character, the world around your ship, and the world around your probe that you can send out at any one time. Um, and so that it can take pictures of the universe and tell you, like, I wonder what's down around that corner. You can throw your probe out and it'll take a picture and, and send it back to you. So th- the general loop, the sort of breadcrumbing of information, I, lo- I loved. I got into it really quickly and... Uh, it was maybe after the game crashed that I became a bit more reticent to try and find everything in the same way. Where I Or just beca- like slowly combing your way through. Slowly combing, because yeah. I was scared the game would crash and get rid of my file again. And I'm like, I'm not going to actually remember all these things. So if I, if I do a deep, deep, deep dive, I'm scared that it's not going to be as worth it as I'd like it to be. And that's maybe not the best mindset to go into this game with. I think you either have to go... You have to just dive in or you just try it for a little bit and it's not your cup of tea sort of game. It's like you either love it. It can be quite marmitish in that sense. So I was kind of finding breadcrumbs and uh, it would be like, oh, well, you got to check this out on this planet. And so I go to the other planet and then it'd be like, right, okay, I've reached a brick wall. But oh, wait, I've got this other bit of information to get past here. Fantastic. And then at the point at which I thought I'd like found the big reveal it's kind of like right well it's actually on this other planet i'm like right okay so then i'd go to the other planet i do the thing get the thing to do the thing something happens and then i reach another brick wall and i'm like this game is like insane like how many brick walls do i have to fade like what and and that is just part of the game like they're just constant um parts that it will reveal constant parts that it will keep concealed uh and I think there's even parts that you're just meant to work out. Like, I don't think it is actually necessarily all written out in plain text for you at every single stage. It could be. I don't know necessarily. Um, but the, that these questions and learning more about this race that you're reading all this lore about, um, it really does actually work. But for me, it, it was almost too... The level of frustration kind of does get in your way at points. And what I mean by that is you might be going digging right down into into the core of a planet and there's some aspect in this cave that is killing you and it takes skill to navigate this cave without getting killed and then you get killed and you realize it takes another 10-15 minutes to get back to the point you're at and you didn't pick up all the lore first time around so it can be very frustrating to constantly go back 10 minutes in between each death to find that one spot and if the death linked to how the time changes you can end up going to a part of a planet waiting for like 10-15 minutes for the thing to do the thing and then die and then you have to do it again so like you've you've missed out on that bit of knowledge so there is a you do have to have a lot of patience if you are to find every bit of lore and it's important to note that not all the lore leads to the end of the game like it's right some of it's just interesting stuff that you can just find for whatever reason exactly um 
understanding this race and how they lived, but also understanding what they were trying to achieve and how that links to the end of the game are in in part two separate things. Sometimes they overlap really nicely and other times they are separate. So there is that risk that you think you're going to you're going to have the eureka moment and find the thing that will lead to the thing that will lead to the end of the game. <laughs> and in reality, it's like oh well that's really cool and that's interesting and I am on board with this lore and it's cool but actually the end of the game is some MacGuffin somewhere else and we're not going to tell you about that. Right, so do you feel like sometimes you've been led down a path that just hits a dead end essentially? Not a dead end, but I'd say some reveals are much stronger than others. And the few reveals that I totally worked out for myself without a guide and got to these points, I was like, this is awesome. This is open world gameplay at its finest. Like It's that feeling of an open world game where it says take this thing to lead to there that leads to this and there's a clue that links to this and it's very Zelda-like in that fashion. Um, right, I feel like the the game that people have been comparing it to in some senses is Breath of the Wild because of the exploration. But with, with Zelda for me, like the exploration was far less about solving the world and it was just more about discovering the world and being curiously led along by things not not feeling that there's because there isn't like a grand overarching whereas this feels like the world itself is the puzzle um yes yeah although i I think they still want you to have that incredible sense of discovery and there are the jaw-dropping moments of wow this part of the the universe is incredible or like it's not just lore that's impressive it is the actual world and that's something that i would associate a lot more with breath of the wild where yeah you go around that mountain and it reveals this I don't know, a big dragon in breath of the wild You're like, sure wow, that's incredible yeah. it's like there are moments like that in this game um but it, it is just such an incredible game that i think is just it, it, it's just too highbrow for me almost like it's too it's just <laughs> It's too much like, I think, I always think of myself in terms of video games, I do like the fine steaks, I do like the fine wines, but in reality, I'm not, this is the fine, this is the the foie gras, you might say, of like video games. It's like the, you've got to have a level of sophistication to get the most out of this game and you've got to have that patience and throw yourself into it. And it's, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Well, we've also talked about in the past how you often get very, you'll you have a short fuse for puzzles that you don't agree with right like sure you you will far less often be willing to sit there and just bang you like when it comes to action games or things like that we you know the one of the famous moments in the podcast is how you beat ridley and super metroid with like three fucking energy tanks and you just like smashed your head against the wall before you did it <laughs> whereas in other games like you talked about recently with untitled goose game how you just like got annoyed and then went to the internet to find out the solution so mm. i think that there is some degree to which just the type of game it is and also not that it's just pure puzzles but like there's a theoretical physics aspect to it as well um yeah that might kind of have something to do with it yeah totally it's 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 just that level slightly beyond my sweet spot in terms of like puzzle games and it's maybe unfair to just call it a puzzle game because it's very much a unique type of puzzle game however it's like i know that if i if my game hadn't crashed and I'd thrown myself in 100%, and I can admit to myself I didn't throw myself in 100% because I was scared of um, that happening again, that happening again, losing that information. 
wanting to spend my time in a valuable manner and get what I wanted out of this game. And I feel like I did that and I'm happy that I did do that. But I could have played this game for closer to maybe like 30 hours and gone completely guideless. Yeah. And I've I've already said, I'm still convinced I wouldn't have beat this game. Like I, I'm, huh. I'm, wow. I'm 100% convinced that it just wouldn't have happened. I would have known more than I did. Um, but like I said, because it's it's a lot of it is building the lore and not building how to beat the game. Um, that final part of actually beating the game is very, very hard. And even in this documentary, uh, the guy who designed the game says like he apologizes for one aspect of that final game right. thing because it is too difficult and too obscure. Uh, and he is actually there in the process of like patching that, like to change, make it a bit more um, sure doable uh right but yeah i just think that the breadcrumbing works really well this is an incredibly unique game um it is an incredible physics engine to know that and like this is another thing the documentary revealed is that the world actually revolves around your character like in in physics like rather than like so you have a jetpack rather when you when you take off using the jetpack you're forcing the rest of the world down you're not sorry up yeah, down from you. You're not forcing yourself up off the ground. The world is actually coming away from you, if that makes sense. Okay. Like you are sure. the you are the physical center of the universe. Oh, like, weird. In okay. terms of how the game is built. Right. Okay. Um, which is just mind blowing, like in its own sure. sense. Sure. <laughs> yeah, um, it's real weird. Yeah. So you you do have to be patient. You have to be willing to like die go back to spaces try again and you have to be very good at piloting uh your jetpack and this ship they control fairly similarly but there are parts of the game and beating the game is one important part of this where you have to be highly skilled at flying that ship um and that's something that took me a while to get used to but i managed to do it like i did beat the game and i did obviously like use a guide a bit more heavily near the end um but this game is relying on your skill it's both from a puzzle perspective and exploration perspective and just a flat out action game perspective and it's asking a lot of the player so like my hat's off massively to anyone who can beat this game um with no guide whatsoever because i just think it is um it's slightly obscure to a point that was beyond my personal preference but i still have massive massive respect for this game and had a really great time yeah, I mean, I've been going back and forth on whether to pick it up because the issue for me is completely removed from anything you've been talking about, which is just like, it's a first-person game and you've also admitted to me that at a point you felt like somewhat motion sick yeah, from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that doesn't bode well for me as somebody who often gets motion sick from first-person games it's, like this. It's a lot because even stuff like the lighting, so like you will be like, oh my god, it's going completely black. And it's, oh right, no, that's just because the planet, that the light source is still the sun and you're on the wrong side of the planet and our planet oh, has just gotten sake. in the way. That <laughs> happens all the time and you wow. constantly have to use your torch. Like, it's a very dark game, generally. Huh. Like, as in physical light dark. Um, and I think even something like that in a world could, like, stimulate a bit of nausea in a way where you're like, oh god, right, right okay. And and the the emphasis on planet hopping and these Mario Galaxy style small planets that you are walking on all the time, like it, 
it can be really like jarring when you have to like take off from them or you crash land or and the actual controls of the ship is tough but um the whole time i played this game caroline was just kind of like she just didn't she just didn't like have any appreciation for it whatsoever she really? just thought it was like oh. super boring and huh. she could see me getting frustrated with aspects and um don't get me wrong i've reached lots of brick walls and that was like how does that link to that but then i still got those eureka moments and they make up for it so well because it's like wow i worked that out that took me ages and i found this out it took me to another planet and i worked this out that's how you get to here and this is how you unlock that and it it was like wow that is awesome um but it's just it's one too many walls it puts up for you for me personally and that's fair yeah huge respect for the game not personally like my level of difficulty it's just a bit beyond me uh, but i still got real satisfaction and, and and like it's interesting listening to like giant bomb and jeff gerstman where he's just so, sort of says i had no idea where i was going i did not know what to use on what and for me personally having played this game i i don't share that opinion like i think there's very clear bread crumbing at multiple points and um you have to be really unlucky to have completely missed the breadcrumbs that this game, in my view, like lays out for you. So like, I think that most people, I think very few people will beat this without a guide, but I do also think very few people will not find anything, if that makes sense. Like, I think everyone's going to have a sweet spot somewhere where at some point you will need that guide and work out, hey, maybe this links to that. I'll, I'll just check out that thing. And there's some really well-written guides on Polygon where they'll tell you how to access the information without telling you what the information is, which is quite interesting because... Right, like deliberately being spoiler-free. Exactly. So often the two aren't linked. I mean, obviously sometimes they are, but uh, it's really... It's an incredible... One of the most unique games of the last decade for me, massive, like easily, like definitely is it does it stick the landing and for me personally no but that's just my personal preference but just had to, just had to get one of those puns I, in there at the end didn't you? Just stick what, the what puns it stick the landing but i totally get why people go so wild for this game um oh for god's but, sake but, but, um, <laughs> but uh it's not my it's not I, I don't like my games quite this obscure i like them to be a little less obscure you're simple-minded um, i'm you simple-minded know. <laughs> i like my mcdonald's i don't need my foie gras every time um, uh, yeah so, i don't know yeah. i feel like as someone who really appreciated something like Gorogoa or i don't know you know other puzzle games that i've really enjoyed and got a lot out of i feel like outer wild would speak to me a lot yeah it's just the case of whether i can get through it without vomiting my face i off. think um, yeah it, as long as you don't feel ill i think there's a strong chance this would be like one of your favorite games ever if it that's if, pretty good if yeah. you um can get into it at the same time i think you will reach points where you're like okay what the hell do i do next and i think it is i think the ideal situation honestly is someone like you where you have a friend like me who has played the game and knows like what to do where uh and who can give like that hint that they just need like a little boost uh because trying to look to the internet like i did for that little hint that little boost you're always going to like reveal a little bit more than you perhaps intended or um, right yeah you just one of those things you can't avoid it's like when you play final fantasy 6 and you go to the guide and it's like well there's this thing that happens in the middle of the game that just gets spoiled because of the title of the walkthrough right um, right you know yeah so i would highly recommend giving it a go if you can avoid the any sickness from it i think you'll have a great time and then when you just reach those brick walls just like say bally i've done this this and this i think this leads to this 
what should I do next sort of thing? And I could be right, like, well, yeah. you need to go here and have a look at that or something. So I think st- totally. like those tales work so well with this game. Like it's a very much a playground kind of that original Zelda style of like obscurity, right. but, um, yeah. but done in like such an incredible physics engine based open world uh, where these planets are constantly moving. Everything is moving and hence why the game crashes. It's Majora's Mask, right? Like I think maybe that's also why Jeff didn't like it because it is Majora's yeah. Mask. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I to- having watched the documentary, I totally understand why this game kept crashing on me and um I have huge, huge respect for this game uh, and definitely give it a go when it comes to uh, PC Game Pass, which I'm sure it will do at some point this year. So Yeah, I feel like it will probably make it to Switch as well, eventually. Yeah, like, I, it seems... I think so. But uh, yeah, the fact it's crashing on PS4 means maybe they just need to yeah. wait, wait a bit before Switch. That's fine. They can optimize it. You know, yeah. they'll get there. Definitely um, give it a go, though, and I'm keen to know what you think about this one day. Cool. We'll get there. We'll find it eventually. Um, okay, well... Uh, that's the main thing you've been playing over the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Any, any any multiplayer stuff with people? Do you do any Mario Kart or... Uh... Uh, we shared off uh, Untitled Goose Game to Caroline's uh, brother. She, nice. He very much enjoyed that. Uh, and it's a really cool game to just show off to someone like, hey. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's kind of easy to pick up and play. And um, that style of lateral thinking, I don't actually think is necessarily that specific to video games. So it's quite a nice way to just kind of be like, hey, have a go at this. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, over the holiday period for me, I picked up a few things from the eShop. The way it usually happens is, like, for my Christmas and birthday, I just get money all the time. Like, I just... No one... People just don't want to buy presents anymore. It's just, like... We've gotten to this point with our family. It was just, like, a pain in the ass. Like, me and my sister buy stuff for our parents, but, like, it's kind of the opposite now, where we actually, like, buy them things that they want, and we just get given money. It's just, like... <laughs> It's a weird uh, thing. Um, I got a lot of books, obviously, for my birthday because I got into very much into reading this year. So I have like I have this stack of like fourteen books for the twenty twenty now, like lined up for me. So I don't have to spend any money on books this year, which is very good. Uh, but for Christmas, uh, I don't get video games. I haven't got video games. I can't remember the last video game I got given as a birthday or Christmas present. I don't think I've ever got one. I I think the last one I got was you giving me Spirit Tracks for my birthday in like twenty ten. Wow. Or 2009, I think it was 09, I came up to Aberdeen, and you're like, here's your birthday, and you gave me spirit tracks. That might be the last time someone oh, got wow. me a video game nice. for my birthday. Um, what and a it great makes, gift. Yeah, great <laughs> gift. It makes sense, though, right? Because, like, someone like me and you, you can't just buy us a video game. Like, we're too deep in yeah, this shit for you yeah. to just be like, buy me a video game for Christmas. We need our foie gras to be just right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Connoisseurs as we are. Um, so I often will just be like, like last Christmas, I bought myself a Spyro Trilogy. So basically, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's Christmas. I'm going to treat myself to video games. Uh, so there were a couple things on sale in the eShop, which I'd wanted to pick up for a while. One being my darling Ori in the Fri- Blind Forest uh, Definitive Edition, uh, which I've already bought twice well i've i bought it on pc and then i paid the like three to four quid upgrade amount because when they put out the definitive edition they were just like hey if you already own the game just pay like this extra amount and you'll get it upgraded um so this is the third time i've paid for ori essentially and i also picked up crash the insane trilogy crash bandicoot all three games uh there which is cool because last year as i said i bought spyro trilogy for myself so it's like this tradition now of like oh yes my playstation classics from my childhood just get the hd remaster of those going here's hoping for uh the tomb raider hd trilogy collection i was gonna say what's the next trilogy on playstation that could come yeah so the interesting thing is when i was a kid i owned spyro one 
Crash 2 and Tomb Raider 3. So I owned three different entries from these three different series, all 1, 2, and 3. Um, so, like, obviously when I played Spyro, I just played through the whole of the first game because uh, that was the one I had most familiarity with. Um, but uh, Ori, I went through again uh, for, like, the seventh, eighth time. I don't know. I've beat that game a bunch. Um, 100%ed it. Uh, this time was interesting because I went through it deliberately. So the Definitive Edition is different from the original. I played the original, like, a few times before I played Definitive. And so I kind of had got in my mind, like, the way that game flowed versus Definitive Edition has this extra area to it, which you can access pretty early on. Um, it's probably one of my least favorite mechanics in the game. Like, I'll talk about that as well. But this playthrough for me definitely solidified some things where I'm like, hmm, okay, this game isn't, like, as perfect in my mind uh, because there are moments of it where I'm like, ah, I could tighten this thing up or, like, this mechanic in particular I'm not a huge fan of. I still adore it. It's, like, easily still one of my favorite games ever. But, um, but there is an area which you can access once you have the wall climb. And so there's an ability to just, like, basically wall jump, essentially, and, like, go up. It's like the Super Meat Boy wall jump. You can jump up a single wall. You don't have to rebound between walls, which is one of the nice things I've liked about modern game design is Mm. they've decided that you don't need to do the Samus, like, bouncing between them to to get height or elevation. You can just bounce on the same wall and keep going up, and it works really well. So that area you can access is where you get the dash ability, which was a new ability added in the Definitive Edition that gives you even more more like speed and momentum and i've realized that like the thing i really love about ori is when you get to the end of the game and you have everything similar to like metroid games where you have the screw attack and just bombing through the world the 100 percent cleanup is my favorite thing about this game because you have everything you can use warp points to get wherever you go and you are just soaring through enemies like because you have bash bash gives you this momentum push so that you come across enemies you like bash off one bash off another dash 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 air dash like do a feather jump where you're holding a feather to like hover over a canyon it's just there's a fluidity to it that's unlike anything else um, which is one of the best aspects of it but that entire area is um is something that always left to the last minute and it's interesting because on the skill tree there is an ability that is air dash but you don't actually have the ability to use the air dash unless you've unlocked the regular dash so you need to go to the secret area get the regular dash and then go through the skill tree to unlock the air dash so in some of my previous playthroughs i would have gotten stuck part way through that skill tree because i didn't actually have that ability um so it was a bit bit i guess it doesn't really stop you like you have the ability you just can't use it um and actually picking that up earlier on was interesting because that entire area i remember going through usually late in the game and i would often have abilities that wouldn't necessitate me using some of the earlier stuff you get it's kind of like in super metroid how if you skip over the grapple beam because you got the space jump early right it means that you don't have to worry about like those annoying areas over the water where you're going towards the ghost ship um because i hate the grapple hook in super metroid it's a pain in the ass uh and so there is one ability that is and they added this for the definitive edition you basically throw this ball of light it's like a projectile essentially so it's like it actually does damage which i I think for the first time i realized i'd never tried this before but if you throw it at enemies it actually damages them so you can hit enemies on the ceiling and stuff uh, which are a little bit out of your range from your main weapon but these projectiles can hit these kind of like 
almost dead plants that set on fire in the environment and they will often unlock doors or hidden entrances and things like that but something i realized and the game tells you about this is you can throw one of those projectiles up in the air and then you can jump and bash off your own projectile so you can use it as a means to get up higher in the air before you even have the ability to do that in a lot of scenarios and i wonder if that gets used in the speed run at all because it seems like an ability that could really break some parts of the game um but i found that really cool and I, it was just a kind of an uh, epiphany that i had uh, when i was playing through this time i was like oh wow i never kind of realized that before because often when i got to that section in the game i was already super powered up and i didn't even need to worry about it as a potential thing i could do um so yeah it made that process a bit easier but you, you, there are like areas in this game that I don't feel as positive about, and it is generally like anywhere that the game is slowing you down. So there is a mechanic which is you can there's this ball of light that you have to carry from this place to this place, and when you're carrying this uh-huh. ball of light, yeah. you're really slow and uh, you can't really jump properly. You can't use bash. Quite a common video game trope. It is like, take yes. This from A to B, and it will yeah. hinder you in getting from A to B. Right, but like the thing that really sucks about this is because the rest of Ori is so fluid and fast mm. that it feels mm. like a left turn in the opposite direction. Um, and the the temple, like the second dungeon, which uses this mechanic most uh, frequently yeah i i just it's it's fine like i i bear with it and it's okay and there are some cool like gravity shifting puzzles that go on in that area but i think just the general movement from a place to place and like sometimes i like i realize at this point the enemy placement has been very deliberate to be like screw screwing you over and so just knowing that that's coming up and making a hard save beforehand um very important when you play ori my advice to you bali is just save as often as possible because it's on it's on you right like you can save wherever you want it is obviously you have to have the currency to do so but like it's basically save stating and it's kind of why i like this game so much is because it gives you that freedom to make your saves wherever you want to um but uh but yeah i love it it's still just an astonishingly good game Uh, i played it all on handheld Uh, what i'll advise to people who haven't played it yet play this on a big screen tv play it on the largest display possible not only because it's gorgeous and, and it looks incredible but also ori himself is fucking tiny like on the handheld screen because the game just has this huge environment around you it shows you the enormity of it ori himself is, is small because it's like showing that difference essentially mm, yeah. um and so it's kind of sometimes hard to see what's happening i was fine because i played the game so many times that i don't need to worry about a lot of that stuff uh, i know what i'm doing i know where i'm going etc so so yeah I, I would i would say that just give it the glory that it deserves because it is one of the best running switch ports out there it just phenomenal That's uh, good pure TV. 60 frames per second constant i know i didn't actually play on the tv but i know that it's 1080 60 on the tv 720 60 on the handheld uh gorgeous just Oh, amazing game. And I think also one of those things is the more you play a game like this, the less you engage yourself with the story and the narrative and the music and the art, because I've seen it all before, right? But like the first time playing this game, I always take myself back to like how blown away I was by so many aspects of its just visual design and, and its, its, its soundtrack, still stellar. I still played the final sequence with headphones in because it's just remarkably good. Oh, nice. um, so yeah, play Ori through again. Sure, you'd want to hear me talk about that game more. Um, <laughs> I'll play it uh, soon. Yeah, and uh, and then obviously Crash Motherfucking Bandicoot, uh, the PlayStation childhood mascot. Everyone loved Crash. Uh, he's a good boy. Um, I'm here to tell you those games fucking suck. Like, dear <laughs> God. Uh, 
Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I have nostalgia for Crash Bandicoot. I played... Well, we played a bunch of, like, Crash Bash when we were younger, and I think you probably were over at my house when I was playing Crash 2. Yeah. Um, I remember, actually... So we had friends who were twins at school, and we went to their house one time, and I they were distinctly... I distinctly remember them playing Crash 1 and like the island, you know, like the world map is the island and you go from level to level. I remember that menu or that world map screen quite clearly from being a kid back then. Yeah. But like we were terrible at video games and like no one could get past these levels. And quite frankly, I don't think kids were meant to get past these levels because they were built like the most devilish things possible. Um, for one thing, I just feel like Crash doesn't control particularly well. He's he's okay, um, but his jump is really weird. He does a flip through the air, and judging the momentum of where he's going to land, and like, there's no... It's a game that kind of requires a bunch of precision, but doesn't have the tool to do so. It's not as bad as Mario vs. Donkey Kong fucking eating, say, like eating steak with a spoon, <laughs> but it's kind of like eating steak with a spork, right? Like, you can uh, do it, there are extra things to help you there, but it doesn't quite work. Um, and so that often found me being very frustrated with the levels. Uh, it's just, there are so many of those levels where you're going up a vertical shaft and you have to like spin on the platform to make it uh one that you can jump on and you go up and up and up and up and you make all this progress and then you make one mistake and you fall all the fucking way down to the bottom and you don't die or anything but it's just like all this time just wasted because you spend ages getting to the top of this thing carefully dodging spikes and obstacles and then you make one slip up and it's like oh well down to the bottom again have fun try and get back up there um and that just kind of takes the wind out of your sails um it's weird because so i booted it up and i booted up crash 2 first because that's the game i grew up with that's the one i know the best and some of those levels hold up well like the one where you ride on the back of the the baby polar bear and it's kind of like a not a scripted sequence but i guess it is like your you like can't control sequence it's it's um it's like an auto runner essentially right, right? right like crash is just always going forward or the bear is always going forward and you're dodging left and right and jumping over obstacles and oftentimes uh that game design is clouded by a fuck you mentality where it's like you would never have seen this coming and we're just gonna let you die and then remember it for next time essentially uh but i definitely got around those levels much easier because i remembered playing them as a kid and i i knew like the the memory that i have the clearest that really shocked the nostalgia into me was there's the polar bear level with the whales and you have the killer whales who jump like one on the left one on the right and i always remember as a kid getting caught out by those whales uh, and this time i was fine uh i was able to get through it but um crash one i was like i well if i'm going to play through this i should like go back to the beginning and play the first game and i had fer- heard from a lot of people the first game not very good uh definitely they improved it in the sequels and uh it's also just oh it's hard uh it feels to me crash bandicoot the original feels like mega man one uh in the sense that like they had this idea they definitely had a cool character they wanted to use and like the, there's some some nice themes and, and things there but fundamentally it's like a broken game like it just doesn't work and one of the worst things about the original crash was you could only save your game at bonus levels so within the levels themselves you unlock often bonus levels which act as checkpoints but unless you beat a bonus level you could never save your game some of those bonus levels are kind of dastardly as well but also the main levels are fucking hard like so many of them especially near the end of the game there's one called the high road and this is often maligned online by people for being just stupid like it's a level where you go straight forward through a bunch of bridges but these bridges have um planks on them that will break underneath you 
Some of the planks are already partially broken, so if you land on them, you'll just fall straight through. Um, some of them are, like, creaky, so you can land on them, but then you have to jump off really quickly before they fall underneath you. And some of them are, like, solid, you can stand on them. And then they throw in these turtles, which, like, walk back and forth, but if you jump on them, the turtles are bouncy. And so you're trying to ma- maintain this momentum of, like, bouncing in the air on top of these turtles, trying to hit the right landing spot. And, like, some of these platforms are fucking razor thin, so the margin of error is minuscule. And so you're trying to do these ridiculous platforming gauntlets with a moveset that is frankly not built for it for this stretch that is long as possible like so many one of the main takeaways i've had from these crash games is that the levels are so fucking long and they never end and you feel like oh man oh, i got through that gauntlet surely i'm close to it and it's like no here's another gauntlet and i'm like fuck my it just really <laughs> drills into you uh, a level of difficulty that i wasn't about and there's actually there's a way that you can kind of cheat your way through that level you there are ropes on the bridges and the ropes actually have um a hitbox to them so you can actually stand on the rope and just like carefully slowly move crash over the rope and just avoid all of the pitfalls in the middle oh, so of, often i would just like cheat by just cheesing it and going along the rope on the bridge um and that level took me fucking so long to do uh and, and the, the, another thing is like the boss designs are so unclear because you never know whether jumping on something will kill you or whether it is the hitbox to do damage to them. You need a big red flashing hit right, area kind of the, I think the thing. visual design of these crash enemies and bosses is so often, I don't know whether I can spin into this thing, or I don't know whether I can jump onto this thing. And one of the things they introduced in Crash 2, which I don't think I ever used back in the day, I don't know if they added it for this version or what, they must have. it must have been in the original, because some of the levels feel like they require it. There is a slide. You can do like a slide across the ground with his feet forward, and that will take out certain enemies versus there's no other way to kill them mm. um which uh, finding that out there's also like tech in this game which i had no idea if you slide then jump you do a long jump and crash like extends his legs through the air and i was like wow i never knew this existed and the game doesn't tell you about it either and yet there are some jumps in the game that outright require this, oh the God. use of this slide jump um so oftentimes levels would be me like going through and eventually figuring out like oh i can do this thing to get to the end and finish them um so yeah it's been a fucking odyssey i've beaten crash one and i've beaten crash two i booted up crash three yesterday i played the first how long did they take they're short like they're, they you can get through them pretty easily i'd say probably about five hours a piece for both of them um and a lot of that five hours is spent just like reloading and retrying and dying and um because there's not a huge amount of levels right there's i don't know 25 30 levels per game it's it's not long but a lot of a lot of the longevity in crash like a lot of games back then was oh we've got hidden we've got hidden gems also crash one it does a funny thing where boxes are a thing you know like you you hit boxes in crash and you get wumpa fruits out of them at the end of the level, if you've missed any boxes, they just start falling on Crash's head. And by the end, like, if you've missed a ton of boxes, he'll just, like, get flattened by them. And it's just this animation of Crash just, like, lying on the ground as boxes just pummel him to death. And there's, like, 40, 50 boxes just falling on him. It's very funny. Um, I, I, I don't... That doesn't count as a death, does it? That's, like... No, no, that's the end of the anime. level. Okay. It's just, like, just a checking. joke, essentially, beating you down with, yeah. like, you suck at this game. Look how many boxes you missed. And now we're going to kill Crash with all these boxes is uh so yeah it's uh it's a it's a weird school of game design that i'm so glad has been evolved and like we have kind of moved on from it now and we kind of understand that you don't need to beat the player over the head with 
horribly difficult level design and i think one of the weirdest thing is is the steepness of the difficulty like because crash one starts out okay same with the second game third game actually so far has been the easiest i think a lot of people call crash 3 the best of the trilogy and so far that has has bed out for me it's it definitely seems like a more well-designed game the the levels feel a bit wider because uh, a lot of the level design in the original crash games was quite like constricted like you were on a linear path but like the amount of space you had in between the left and right parts of the screen was quite narrow um and so often if like an enemy was coming towards you you would have to engage with that enemy in crash 3 so far i found that sometimes you can kind of just go around the enemy and ignore them which to some degree is, is also bad game design but it also means i don't have to worry about accidentally dying um especially when the hitboxes are just complete fucking garbage like sometimes you'll just try and spin something and it will be like you will be like exactly on the enemy and it still won't hit them and i'm like what this doesn't make any sense do you think it any just... of these aspects were worse with the original game though like they, this might be after they've improved some of these aspects so apparently and I, I remember reading about this at the time when the game came out and someone reminded me of it on twitter apparently the games are harder than they used to be because they changed some stuff with either the animation or the hitboxes that made it so crash one the remake is actually harder than the original crash one um so but the other thing that mitigates that of course is auto save now so every time you beat a level it saves so you don't have to worry oh, about that's you know, huge yeah the nonsense uh, which is huge absolutely it's enormous and it, it really changes things um so so yeah it's uh it's been the, now here's the weird thing i've had a fucking great time like <laughs> I, I come here and i tell you these games suck they're really bad and there's so much wrong with them and yet i'm I'm just constantly picking up my Switch and like, I'll play a couple levels, you know? And I think that speaks to the power of nostalgia more than anything else. Because right. I think, had I not grown up with Crash Bandicoot, I didn't know if I would have given it the time of day. Like, I, I feel like it would have been one of those things where I'd be like, no, fuck you. But it, there is kind of this... It's kind of childhood satisfaction and going back to a thing that you couldn't do as a kid, that you had no chance of doing, coming back as an adult and being like, actually, Crash, fuck you, I'm beating you. You know what? Yeah. You fucking suck, but I'm going to beat you and watch me do it. Uh, and I like that aspect of it, despite the fact that I was going insane. I was just like, what? who made these levels? And it also shows me, like, my god, Naughty Dog came on leaps and bounds as a developer, because this is like their genesis, right? These are the, I think these are the first games they worked on. They might have worked on some stuff on, like, Super Nintendo beforehand, but I believe uh, Crash is where they cut their teeth, and uh, boy, they uh, they definitely doing things that a lot of the industry are not now um and now they're making last of us 2 <laughs> pretty much yeah well, probably um, some different people but who knows oh of course yeah there's yeah and I, I doubt that there's that many people evan wells probably uh is one of the people who's still there from the beginning you can but, only um, save it you can only save in bonus stages in last of us 2 <laughs> <laughs> bring it back <laughs> could you even fucking imagine um yeah so anyway uh i will beat crash 3 i need to clear out the trilogy it's weird because like i was having such a better time with spyro and yet i only beat spyro 1 and then i was like oh, i'll get to 2 and 3 later but for whatever reason like there's momentum carrying me through these crash games they sound like longer games spyro compared to crash they, yeah i think so. spyro probably because also i 100 percented spyro 1 and so i really oh, loved wow, it so i was yeah. just going the whole hog with it um got the platinum and everything and um Aspire 2 i do have good memories of i will go back to it um and i do want to finish out that trilogy too but uh i think another thing is i kind of have the muscle memory down for the bullshit of crash now and i don't want to lose that so i'm just like while i have it here i just want to barrel through all three games and just finish them off so yeah 
So I finished uh, Crash 1, I think, literally on the 31st of December. It was like the last game I beat in 2019. And Crash 2 was the first game I beat in 2020. So very good, interesting stuff. Uh, last thing I want to mention is... Okay, so a bunch of free games were being given out over Christmas. Epic had this ridiculous thing where every day they were giving away a free game. It was just ridiculous. Um, so now my Epic store is just full of a bunch of shit that I'll probably never play, but hey, I got it for free. Um, and and Switch uh, had an interesting thing where... So this this publisher called Cubic Games, right? And Cubic Games, they put out, like, you know, when you scroll through the eShop and you see all these, like, 89p shitty games, whatever... A lot of them, a lot of their games actually are like three ninety nine or five ninety nine or eight ninety nine, but they go often on sale for like ninety nine p offers or sixty p or whatever ridiculous bargain bin prices. Mm. And often I scroll past those and I'm like, ah, oh, these are kind of like I don't. Why would anyone buy these? Right? I don't understand. But um, they had a thing going over the holiday where every day, if you kept this chain going, the chain was if you own one of their games, you could download ten games in a row for free. But you had to download them every day and not miss the chain. If you missed one, you would miss out on getting all the games. So I was like, okay, I'll just I'll set a reminder on my phone every day. I had I had two reminders set. I had a reminder set at eleven a.m. to download the gamification of getting games, buying games, not even <laughs> buying games, getting free games. So I had an eleven a.m. notification to get the Switch game, and I had a four p.m. notification because that's when the Epic Store updated to get the Epic free game. So like every day, I'm getting two free games. It was ridiculous. Um, so I, I just went through and I downloaded all these games as we went along. And the reason I was able to get them for free, I didn't actually, I never spent money on their Switch games. There's a free game. I think it's called Coloring Book. It's like one that, you know, like how RFN would talk about those garbage fucking 3DS eShop, like my fireplace and nonsense, <laughs> which is just like a literal fireplace or, oh God, some real bad stuff. Um, so I downloaded the free coloring book or whatever, and then I was I was <laughs> eligible to get these other games. This is leading somewhere though, right? Okay. So all these games, I get all these 10 games, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So over Christmas, my cousins come around. This is at my mother's grandparents' house. And um, so the, the two girls, uh, one is 16, going on 17. I think she's 17 now. One is 14. And the 14-year-old, she's she, like, she'll play games with me sometimes. She'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll play something on your Switch. So I got the Switch out and gave her a Joy-Con. And we tried, like, out a couple of the games. So one of them was called Wrecked, which is your two trucks. And you're kind of riding around this almost Tony Hawk-style arena. And you can do, like, tricks off of them. And you can crash into each other. I guess the idea is to do as many tricks and crash into each other as much as possible to get points. It was fine. It was kind of like a split-screen thing. And I didn't don't know if there was nice. much more to it. I saw you'd been playing another few multiplayer games. So Nidhogg 2 had been played again yes so I tried me and my other cousin um, uh, on my other side of my family played some Nidhogg together which was a lot of fun uh, but the next game we went to did you did you own them no yeah kind of I don't know it was it was back and forth for a while it was it was it, it, it was good. equal enough um, so the other game is called race die run and it's basically f-zero but an endless not an endless runner it's more like a bit trip runner it's kind of similar to like the crash bear level right you're just going forward ah, in like right. this futuristic racer yeah and it's like a it's like a level based thing where you dodge obstacles and things like that and you can like temple run yeah it's like temple run essentially but like level based where they're yeah. designed levels and you go through and you're like dodging uh squares and you're using the shoulder buttons sl and sr to like flip the ship so if you're like heading straight for a block you can quickly flip out the way which is much faster than just like dodging left and right and often in the levels you'll have to do that there's also a boost button and like if you hold one of the buttons if you go off a big jump you'll like hover down so there's quite a lot of complexity and like depth to this game but like everyone got obsessed with it so like 
she started playing and she was like getting really into it and like getting through the levels um and then the, her sister came along and she's like oh give me a go give me a go and then my sister came along and she's like oh no i want to play now and then it, we were all just huddled around the switch at the kitchen table everyone just fucking obsessed by beating the levels in this just game playing it with the stand or what yeah just playing it with a stand using a joy con and the funny thing is is that uh you both joy cons can control it at the same time oh. so i like i could have mine under the table and secretly be controlling <laughs> it <laughs> and one of one of the times that the older cousin she uh beat the level uh, she was like so impressed by herself because she was doing really badly before and then i like pull the the controller from out under the table and I secretly reveal i'd been controlling it the whole time and like actually been putting her on the right track so uh that was pretty funny oh, but nice. uh the game runs at like a flawless 60 frames per second it looks pretty good it's a lot of fun i don't know like i was really surprised by how competent and like it's not mobile game level of of design like it actually had some pretty interesting um levels and it was just kind of run to run race die something race die run yeah race die run i think it's probably still in the sale uh i'm not gonna like say go and pick it out it's the greatest game ever but we had a great time with it i was i had a blast and i i think i'll go back to it at some point to play a bit more it is one of those like one more time games where you get who who has the current high score though well, there's no high scores. It's level based, so you, oh, we right. we got like through the first ten levels or so, and I don't know how many there are. Um, but it does the cuphead thing, where like it shows you how far you were, how close oh. you were to the end, uh, which is clever. And uh, I was I was like, wow, this is this is a really well made thing. Uh, and I th- I think I might jump in and just do a quick roundup maybe next time, just check out all those games, see if there's anything worth talking about. Because uh, I was, I kind of just downloaded them because they were free and I didn't really have any intention of playing them. But I was like, I loaded that one up because I thought it looked like F-Zero, so I thought it might be a racing game we could play together. It turned out it wasn't a game we could play together, but it was a really good game for multiple people to like watch each other play and yeah. then be like, oh no, let me do it. I can, I can play better than you. Um, it was great. So... Yeah, surprise surprise hit of Christmas. Race wow. Die Run on the Switch eShop. So random. Um, very random, very weird. Uh, but yeah, cool stuff. All right, I think that is going to do us. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for being here for the first episode. We're not done yet. We've got a bunch more to talk about. Our predictions uh, for 2020. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back after the break with those. See you in a sec. Right, folks, welcome back after the break to the second segment of the show, in which it's January, it's the beginnings, the first show of 2020. We're here to discuss predictions for Nintendo for the entire year. Um, a fun tradition, 
that we have upheld um we kind of have these like this string of shows throughout like december to january where it's like game of the year part one game of the year part two and then predictions and uh i enjoy it i think it's uh, a thing that i always want podcasts to do and then sometimes they don't do it and i'm like why doesn't everyone do predictions it's a fun stupid way to talk about the year uh, and what's going to happen so that's what we're doing and uh and we have a bit of an outline for like the three different parts of our predictions that we're going to do so Bally, you want to tell everyone how it's going to work sure so first part we're going to talk about our predictions from last year in 2019 see how many points we racked up this time uh-huh. uh, then we're going to do our own predictions and then finally we're going to read out a lot of the predictions that you have sent us on discord absolutely so lots of things to discuss and get into Bali, I haven't looked at my 2019 predictions since we made them a year ago, so I have no idea what I talked about or what I predicted, and I was worried that like, when I was doing mine this year that I would overlap with ones that I had done before, but hopefully that hasn't been the case. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, tell me, tell me, let's start with my predictions. I want to hear, hear what I said, the nonsense that came out of my mouth. First prediction, you thought the Smash character reveal would be the Contra Boys. Oh. Um it's so, still possible, man. We still got one DLC character before February. I'm just telling you. And you also said new two B from Near Automata. Uh, yeah, two B would 2B. Uh, would be a character as a downloadable character. Yeah, that um, hasn't happened. It still could happen. Still could happen. Uh, more late third party ports are coming to the Switch. The major ones will be Persona Five. Uh, Morgana will be will get a dumb Pikachu outfit. Uh, okay. Near Aut- Automata. Oh, I can never say that word. Automata um, yeah. with motion controls. Uh, okay. Soul Calibur 6 with Link returning as a bonus character for the Switch mm. port. Uh, Monster Hunter World with Nintendo outfits. See, these are all great ideas that I just like, wow, I had some great ideas that should have happened. I mean, there was a moment in 2019 where Persona 5 was coming to the Switch. And well, then people it just, thought it was I mean, because they announced, was, and they said Persona 5S and everyone was like, what the fuck is Persona 5S? Like, it has to be the Switch version, right? And everyone was like holding their breath for it. And they're like, oh no, it's a fucking Dynasty Warriors game oh that's coming God, to Switch yeah. as well, but it's actually not the real Persona 5. I feel like we are now at this point in time where it is 100% certain and set in stone Sony have just paid Atlas and they are not letting go of Persona. It is It was basically a PlayStation exclusive at this point, and it's smart of Sony to do that, honestly, uh, because otherwise, you know, Persona would sell bonkers on Switch. It would just do gangbusters. Um, so it's a bummer, but Sony have made a smart play by keeping that series exclusive to themselves, essentially. Um, unfortunate as that is for people who want to play this 90-hour JRPG on a thing that's not a home console, but... That's your, the way it is. Your third prediction was Metroid Prime 4 will have the most teasiest of teasers at E3 2019 <laughs> and will be announced for 2020 release date. It will have a subtitle like Echoes and Corruption, but this will be brought back from a previous project, Dread. The trailer uh. will be more horror-esque and will make Bally not want to play it anymore because it looks so <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we very early on in the year got a, a video from um takashi who was like hey this project's fucked yo let's just <laughs> delay it, that was, give it to retro. That was like february or something wasn't it it was february it was yeah. very early in the year Man. Um, what a start so to the uh, year that was. roll on 2024 for metro prime 4 right right uh maybe uh maybe um maybe 2023 four was cube boy Box Boy is finally going 3D and will be the start of a new series on Switch after the, uh, they inevitably released the Box Boy trilogy. Uh, the game will work similar to Super Paper Mario, where you have to rotate between 2D and 3D to solve puzzles. 
Well, we did get a new Box Boy game, uh, which was... So that was a new game with a few repeated levels, I, I don't. I still don't know what Box Boy and Box Girl is. I think it's actually a new game, which is why like, I should probably play that at some point um, later in this year, pick it up, because I'm a huge Box Boy fan. I love all those games, and I know you kind of got sick of the formula after the second game, but I'm just like fucking lapping it up. I would absolutely play another Box Boy, so yeah, I'll play that probably. Uh, unfortunately, my great idea didn't come true, but was it ever going to come true? Probably not. It's just good idea. All these good ideas I have, Nintendo. Why don't you listen to our podcast? You got, Take you all our a, ideas. You got a final silly one okay. last year. Yeah, as if all those other ones weren't silly. Which is the most realistic of the lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. A new Legend of Zelda game will be announced based on the world of Breath of the Wild, but will be an online multiplayer game. People can explore the world cooperatively, and there will be a bunch of other players. Uh, the game map will be largely the same, but will be based on the past when society still existed and wasn't destroyed. Oh, wow. I mean, that might like, actually be totally on the, on the <laughs> no. Well, I think like uh, not to spoil any predictions that people might have or anything, or you might have, but uh, I do think that there is going to be some sort of character swapping going on in this game at the very least, right? I think Nintendo have heard people cry out about playable Zelda for long enough now that surely they must be thinking like we've got to let Zelda be playable in this game. We've got Link and Zelda in the Breath of the Wild two trailer. It seems a bit obvious, like seemingly something happens to Link. I don't know if you'll play a Zelda to start with and then switch to Link, but I I feel like because they're Nintendo and they're like, well, we can't have a Zelda game where you don't play as Link. You're going to play as Link, but also you can play as Zelda. And and to what degree that is, like whether it's a Luigi's Mansion 3 situation where you can play the whole game co-op with the two well, characters. She just, he, she just pops out of Link and, and yes. is made of goo and you can get hit by <laughs> goo, a, a Goo Zelda. Please someone make that prediction for God's goo sake. Zelda. Jesus. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, there were elements of that prediction that were correct because we did get a new Zelda. Yeah, you can have a half point, half point out of five, solid. Sure. There we go. Yeah. Um, shall we do Ali T's predictions? Oh God, sure. I remember. Yeah. So last <laughs> time we did this show, our good friend old pal Ali T was uh, in town with Bali, and uh, he hopped on the mic to, to yeah. do the show with us. So. He's, he's got some very brief uh, predictions. Number one, okay. Diamond and Pearl remake. Well, that could definitely happen this yeah, year. Could do. I think number yeah. two, a castle game, castle game, yeah, Castlevania game. <laughs> Just call it Castle Game, yeah, please. Castle Game, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think he meant like an actual Castlevania game, and I guess that wasn't ever going to happen um yeah well i don't know i feel like konami are probably in the market to just put out some bullshit like contra road core um yeah which you know it's konami i think, I think ali t meant castlevania pachinko game is what he oh yes of course say. yeah yes. no clearly yeah um number three was a new ip for mobile i don't know who, who he intends i think i assume he means from nintendo but from nintendo yeah <laughs> uh i mean dragalia lost was the last new ip they did for mobile it's the oh, only really? new ip they've done for mobile and that came out a couple of years ago yeah, so they're in a weird place with all that stuff aren't they it's it's weird yeah mario kart um came out and fucking oh, garbage God, piece yeah. of trash Ooh. Ooh. don't even uh, want to talk about it it's horrible number four big third party developer ports to switch which ones? Who nice knows? and vague. <laughs> nice and vague. So what we were the big ones we had in 2019? I guess Witcher 3? Was that Witcher 3 was huge, that absolutely, huge, yes. Huge uh, Overwatch was another big one. Overwatch. Um, those were the two major ones, I think. Um, uh, and his fifth more silly prediction was uh, Panty Party wins Game of the Year and is the best-selling Switch game. Sure. Very good. Um, 
solid solid humor from Ali T. Yeah, absolutely. Just right. Just cracking. It. My predictions: Metroid Prime Four will not come out in 2019. As a result, Nintendo will release Metroid Prime Trilogy at the end of the summer on Switch. Uh, also, very likely some sort of 3D Zelda or 3D Mario remake. Some sort of collection, as there will be no new 3D uh, Mario Metroid Zelda uh, coming out in 2019. Is was, that one prediction? Because that feels like three predictions. <laughs> it was like it was covering my basis for like there's got to be some sort of remake released, you know, of one of okay. these three major titles. Because at the, at that point in time, there wasn't a single Mario Zelda or Metro game announced, announced for 2019. Yes. Yeah, um, and they did. They put out Link's Awakening remake. It wasn't a 3D Zelda remake, remake, but uh, um, sure. As there continues to be clamor for more retro games on Switch uh, in the new online service, Nintendo will stick to their classics uh, plan and the Game Boy Classic will come out around September. Uh, will be announced in a pre-E3 Direct, similar way to Tetris Effect taking off this year. People will lap it up. Uh, also, original Pokemon games on the system in line with Detective Pikachu coming out. This could be huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did do a Tetris thing tied into their online, which was Tetris 99, yeah. uh, but it wasn't the uh, Game Boy Classic. Secret. So SNES Classic came out in 2017, I want to say. NES, you mean? Uh, Super NES, wasn't that Super NES came out last year. Oh, you mean the cla- Sorry, the classic. I, classic. I was thinking classic. about Nintendo Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo, which was last yeah, year. Yeah, sorry, I um, meant the, 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 the hard... Box. Yes, the physical physical thingy. thing. It was I think that was twenty seventeen. Maybe it was twenty eighteen. I can't recall exactly. Either way, like it's been a while. So um. yeah, and I don't, I don't know if that's the route they want to go down anymore. I feel like now that they have a much stronger product, because like if you think about it, NES um classic was born of an era before switch right like it came out and nintendo were like well we need all we need to sell things and hardware so how about we put this thing out and then they probably were in the development stage on a second one which was the super nintendo one but by the time super nintendo one came out the switch was already out and kind of doing gangbusters so they didn't really need to rely on it anymore because now they have a console a real console where they can actually put their games and get people to sign up to a subscription service to get access to all those old games as well so as as little as they are putting out on those services and as frustrating as that can be for us who have had to enjoy years and years of waiting for Nintendo to add things to online systems uh, for their old games and always doing it at the latest possible moment. Um, it's kind of their MO at this point mm-hmm. and it's kind of the way it is. So I said that 2019 would be the year we finally find out what Retro is working on at E3, and it was going to be Star Fox Grand Prix. Uh, it will be a pre-holiday 2019 slot and playable at E3. Another use of Nintendo Online. A uh, new character from this game will be one of the Final Smash DLC characters. Well, we now have more DLC characters, so who knows? Well, uh, we did get a game that Retro is working on announced, but it had already yeah. been announced. <laughs> and it was Metro Prime 4. Um... I've given up on the Dream Valley. I feel like Retro had been working on something for years and it's just been cancelled. Um, I, I have zero belief that we are ever going to see anything I think there's 100% outside. something in between Tropical oh, Freeze Oh, there is. Like, 4. guarantee yeah, they definitely. were working on something, but, like, at this point in time, it, they must have canned it. Like, it must have been development hell and something didn't happen right and it's just not... Because, like, why would it not be out by this point? It's kind of crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much... The dream is dead for me with Retro. I don't have any faith in them putting out anything that isn't Metro Prime 4 in the next three years or so. So, yes. Um, 
as I said in 2018, this is me talking in 2019, the start of 2019, a new Zelda game not including remakes has come out at least every other year since 1998. Even if there's some sort of 3D remake, there will be a brand new 2D Zelda coming to Switch. Uh, it could be showed off for the first time in a January Direct like Link Between Worlds has been six years since a 2D Zelda got to be due this year. So it did come, it was a remake, it wasn't original, so that yes. is actually then... It's official that it's the first time since 1998 Nintendo have broken their cycle where there's been not including remakes in original Zelda like every other year, more or less. No, there's never been... It's never been original. It's always been a Zelda product because there's... Like, there were years... You know, there's never been original Zelda every year. That's ridiculous. No, That's no, never ev- happened. Every other year. Every other year there's been an original Zelda I, I, had, I, I did get this I doubt that is somewhere. true. Let me have I a quick can't look. believe Let that is true because that sounds ridiculous. Like the because you think about it, right? You obviously you had Link Between Worlds, which was what twenty thirteen, and then Breath of the Wild was twenty seventeen. Those were the most recent original Zelda games. Sure, Triforce Heroes is thrown in there. Yeah, but that's not so. That's not a traditional. So Zelda we're game. now in twenty twenty, but going back to twenty seventeen, yeah, Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm just talk- I'm just going to mention the original one. So 2015 was Triforce Heroes. 2013 right. was Link Between Worlds. 2011 was Skyward Sword. 20 2009 was Spirit Tracks. Hmm. 2007 was Phantom Hourglass. 2006 was Twilight Princess. 2004 was Minish Cap as well as Four Swords Adventure. Um, 2002 was Wind Waker. Uh, 2000. 2000 was Majora's Mask and 1998 was Ocarina of Time. So it is, it is true that there has been an original Zelda at least every two years. Sure. And, and, and also technically, if you want to be technical about it, they did release an original Zelda last year, Cadence of Hyrule. Technically. Oh, that, what? That, Look, if you're counting I, fucking yeah, Triforce just... Heroes, you're counting Cadence of... I think Triforce Heroes is more of a Zelda game than Cadence of Hyrule. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They are both, yes, both equally yes. as Zelda as each other. You know, that is some hot bullshit. Just because it was developed by an indie studio, you're not going to count it? <laughs> I think they've broke. I they think have they not broken the cycle. cycle. They put out an br- original 2D Zelda last year. It was Cadence of Hyrule. Um, so, there you go. If you're, look, if you're <laughs> counting exactly fucking exactly Triforce Zelda Heroes, game. then you're counting... Triforce Heroes is more of a Zelda game than Cadence of Hyrule. I, there's, there's, we'll agree to disagree. Um, but the stat, the stat is true. It is, it is true that there has been an original Zelda at least every year since 98. Well, see, see, Bali, if, if we were actually going by my laws, you would win a point here because they did put out an original 2D Zelda, which was Cadence of Hyrule. I don't want your point. <laughs> I, want, I want to be correct. You are correct. <laughs> Even if you don't want to be. Um, Nintendo will reference Sony's absence at E3 at the start of their E3 presentation direct opening thing. Uh, by announcing a duo of characters in Smash Brothers and say at least some of Sony's most famous characters could join us this year at E3. And that would be Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Hey, I'm still not ruling out the possibility because, you know, Spyro and Crash now on Switch, both of them. So it's possible. Yeah. Uh, we'll also tie in with Spyro, Spyro Trilogy coming. Obviously, that did come, but uh, no Spyro and Crash yet in Smash. But I, do, I agree. I think there's a good chance they'll they'll make it. There is a good chance with the second round DLC rolling around for sure. They will make it. Cool. Um, great. So I think. What did I get? I got. Can I have half a point? Half I'm half giving point. you a full you, point for that Zelda one, <laughs> even though you don't want it. I'm giving it to you. It exists. It happened. Uh, so there you go. <sighs> 
and and technically like i think Kane's viral was announced in an early it was an indie direct not a, a full direct but uh it was earlier in the year uh, which is pretty cool yes pretty cool because that was that first direct which i think is when um link's awakening remake was announced and then there was like maybe a march late spring early summer direct yes when i think cadence of her, her rule probably came about yeah 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 um makes sense. right shall we get into 2020 predictions let's do it who wants to kick it off do you want to go you go first shall i go first okay i will go first with my first prediction um at the, at the top of the segment i just have to say uh this is not a prediction but this is just the nbz mantra of every year a new 2d metroid will be announced it will happen <laughs> i don't know what it's going to be i don't know who's working on it actually probably it's going to be let's be frank it's going to be mercury steam it's going to be well mercury steam um samus returns was uh 2017 like october time september yes it was yeah um I think, yeah, it was September because I remember playing it during the Loch Ness Marathon that year. And that, that, oh, that's, okay. The Loch Ness Marathon is always either at the end of September or start of October. Cool. Well, uh, I think it's happening. And if it's a remake of Fusion, fine. Uh, if it's a sequel, if it is Metroid 5, then hell yes. Uh, but it's going to be either of the two. Um, a remake of Fusion so close to like a remake of Link's Awakening would be quite, quite something. Well, I think that Nintendo have shown this this Game Boy willingness recently, right? Like, obviously, you had Metro Samus Returns, which is a Game Boy remake. You got Link's Awakening, which is a Game Boy remake. And you had Pokemon Let's Go, which is a Game Boy remake. Like, they are actually fully leaning into digging to that back catalogue at this point in time. Um, even something like Mario Land uh, revivals could be cool, you know? Uh, I've not put that in my prediction, but that could be a cool prediction of, like, Mario Land 2 remastered, uh, and you do a full-blown, like... Imagine that clay-like art style that, you know, the first ever Nintendo Power had Mario 2 on the cover, and it was, like, this weird clay um, look to it. Uh, yeah. That kind of is similar to Kirby Rainbow Curse, oh, in a way. We need that new Mario art style. It's, it's oh, so badly. At some point. So badly. Uh, I don't um, have faith. Do you think this game could take place? Because, to my knowledge, Fusion is still the last in the timeline. Could it? Could yes. it be the sequel? Right. That's what I was saying. Is like, is this Fusion Two? Is this like right. just a? Because because Metro Fusion, when you start playing that game, the opening credit it says Metroid Four. Like it literally says that in the opening credits of Metroid Fusion. Um, so Metroid Five, whatever it is, whatever it gets called, yeah, absolutely, that's possible. Um, and it seems like you know Samus Returns based on a game that was very flawed and i think it's still my least favorite of the 2d metroids overall it's still a fucking fantastic game and i really had a great time with it and it reviewed really well so i think nintendo's working relationship with mercury steam is quite good and and it makes sense for them to just work on another one i think the hard thing is like the transition from 3ds to switch and like I feel like that engine, if they want to make a better looking game, they're going to have to spruce things up, either go with a more distinct art style or something to that effect um, yeah, to make yeah. things better. Cool. But that's nice. not a, that's not a prediction. That's just me every year. I have to say that. It's the, it's the law. Oh, so even, you still have five more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, the, the, even like last year, you know, 20, or 2018, uh, when I made predictions, I was like, there'll be another 2D Metroid, even though we just got a new one announced. Because um, that's what I have to do. Okay. Prediction number one, official prediction number one. <clears throat> Nintendogs will finally make their glorious return, but they will have to change up the formula with one additional animal. We had cats on 3DS, but it's finally time to include everyone's favourite animal, Pikachu. 
Nintendogs plus Pikachu mm. will be announced in the early direct for release mm. in August 2020. Uh, to be frank with you, the Pikachu thing's more of a joke. Um, I do think... But, I mean, Hey You Pikachu is almost like Nintendogs before Nintendogs. Kind like, of, it's kind yeah. Of, historically, it's got, it's got clout, I think. It does have clout. And, like, you have a history of, like, 3DS, Pokemon, and me on X and Y of, like, rubbing your Pokemon... You know, just like Fire Emblem, you rub your anime waifus. You got to rub your waifus. <laughs> you got to rub your waifus. Uh, Pikachu, the ultimate waifu, uh, and and so there is this kind of, and even in uh, Sword and Shield, you have the camp stuff where you throw toys and you play with them and stuff like that. There is an Nintendogs element to Pokemon, so like a Nintendogs Pokemon crossover of some sort is not necessarily outside awesome. the realm of possibility. Do you think um, there would be like some? Instead of, say, the, the Frisbee and the trick contest, or maybe you include the trick contest, but one of the tricks is, like, use thunder, you know, or something like... Yeah, right, like, teach them to use a move yeah. or something, totally. Because that would replicate more of the feel of the anime than anything else. Uh, because in the games, you just press the button and they do it. Obviously, you have situations where they're too high level, like when I brought in my level 70 Alakazam into Pokemon Gold, and it wouldn't obey me at all and just you know didn't do any moves um because you have to have the gym badge in order to let them obey you but that could be a way to capture that feeling um and i think that you could have a limited set of pokemon that you get uh it would be a good smattering across the different generations obviously you know people will be angry if they put something in there that's not in sword and shield because they'll be whoa you had the asset for this why didn't you ask like fuck off people um but i think that'd be a fun idea there's definitely a lot more and like quite frankly let's look at nintendo's rise through the switch era they have tried to lean back into some of their wii glory days right recently they just uh put out brain training um and they didn't really... i saw brain training and ring fit adventure advertising like a duo advert it's like get fit oh. get smart kind of like wow okay um i was, was it on twitter or youtube i can't remember it was on something and they were advertising them quite clearly together and it did feel huh. very much like a, a the glory days of the wii and the ds when they were going yeah like a touch things. generation right. revival of sorts um that's interesting that definitely makes sense and it will it will lean back into that kind of target market that they had during those days um so yeah that is the case right we have obviously the system launched with one two switch which was kind of trying to do the party game thing but didn't quite succeed yeah and we've discussed this before but we we sort of said like nintendo always going to at least attempt to you know entice that market because when it bites it, it it has the potential to bite like crazy you know obviously with wii sports and stuff so like i think that they're, they're, they'll never since the success of the wii and the ds with those types of games they're never gonna like completely rule it out as as like not even trying to go for that market yeah 100 percent. so i think yes this sounds like a stupid idea but also you think about it and you have nintendogs which is this very well-known brand and also widely appealing to a huge amount of people pokemon one of the biggest ip in the history of the universe you put them together i like that that seems like magic seems like a match made in heaven honestly to me um but again you have to get the right people talking to each other when's it coming out uh i said august um wow. i said like it'll so be, announced. be announced soon then yeah it's going to be in the the january slash february direct whenever that comes and uh it'll be a surprise announcement it'll come out end of the summer for uh some Sweet. nice chill cozy winter vibes very good with nintendogs 
Um, so that's my first prediction. What's the name of it? Nintendogs plus Pikachu. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a joke, but like, you know, I that's don't know. Totally, Nin- what they were going for. <laughs> yeah, they would like plus cats plus Pikachu. Of course, they're going to do that. Um, if they wanted to make it more broad, then they'd have to come up with probably a smancier, fancier name, which had Pokemon and Nintendogs, and I'm sure the the pun meisters at NOA could come up with something better than I could. So I'll leave it to them. Cool. Right, well, mine's a very boring prediction, but we've got to cover it. Uh, yeah, Breath yeah. Of, Breath of the Wild 2. Okay, what's the um, situation? I need some hard facts, hard details, because saying Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out is not enough for me. I need some more. <laughs> it's going to come out in spring 2021. I think it okay. will be the focus of E3 2020, and that will be complete with a trailer and playable on the show floor. Okay. I think so. A repeat s- of 2016, more um, or less. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I think we'll see a new world map, and it's going to be a much larger map, new ways of traversal, and the main way that you will newly traverse this world. We're going completely JRPG. We're going for an airship. Oh Link, hell yeah! Link is going to have his own airship, and this is going to be like think King of Red Lions, but bigger. This is your base. This has like storage areas and like rooms and uh, different floors and like it's a big thing it's like your house it's like your house that's essentially moving with you and obviously you can like still collect weapons put them on the walls um and the world is going to be much bigger and there's going to be more islands again not not quite like wind waker because i think there's going to be substantial amounts of land mass as well uh but think bold, think big, and you got to traverse with an airship. It's also even stables for Epona on your airship, and you can, like, oh, house, house your horses <laughs> on your airship. I was just about, like, you could have started to talk about, like, Battle Royale now, and, like, they're going to add a mode on, which is 20 <laughs> fucking Eponas drop from the sky, and it's just, like, horse Battle Royale in Breath of the Wild. But, I mean, oh, when, when, you've, when you've traversed the water on your airship, and then you land, you got to ride Epona or any other horse you might... um capture just sure. like the last game uh around the around the field so yeah i just think that open it up um as open as breath of the wild was but they're gonna go bigger bigger and better why not yeah i mean bigger is not always better but for me totally. like the the world that they showed in that trailer was the same one so i'm wondering like how did they ex- do they expand that do they keep tenants of the same world and just you know because because you like get to the edge of the borders right you get to the edge of the borders of that world and you can see like hills in the distance you can see like where they could expand it into um so sure that's a possibility the other question i'd have is like either that castle is going up into the sky or that castle is going down into the underground which one is it doing and does that factor into the landmass at all because like if it's the underground you have this entire potential cavern space that you can explore with dungeons and things if it's into the sky we could be doing the thing where we're going to space man aliens who knows yeah um, i see i actually think i appreciate a lot of that trailer was clearly underground and stuff but i think underground can get boring very quickly and well i, I don't think there's as much interest in tunnels and underground caverns as there are in open space and the sky and i think for that reason i'd actually argue it's probably going to be more based in the sky hence the airship and other things like this like i think that uh they'd go back in that direction more akin to skyward sword i'm guessing yeah uh, it'd be nice to have some more skyward sword representation maybe throw some loft wings into the game right like breath of the wild is very clearly it's a game that clearly is part of a zelda mythology but it doesn't 
really stem directly from any of the games like there are elements of all of them in there yeah yeah and there's yeah. that one cutscene where zelda's like whether cloaked in twilight or on the seas or whatever like she she kind of mentions like wind waker and twilight princess and skyward sword all in one and none of those technically are in the same timeline in zelda history so yeah you can you can kind of throw loft wings in there and not have to worry like redesign them maybe somewhat and uh and make them they, that could be a way that you traverse as well i would love that yeah that'd be really cool well we'll see do you have any breath of the wild 2 predictions in your list i don't know do, um, do you have an ideal time uh, that you well i know the ideal time you want this game to come out because we should say <laughs> mbz has breath of the wild 2 coming out in 2020 in his fantasy critic uh uh league in my so, team yeah i chose team. breath of the wild too early just so because I, I, I was just saying to mbz it's a win-win for me personally because if it comes out this year that's great i get to play breath of the wild 2 this year if it doesn't come out this year then hey mbz's team is a bit screwed on the fancy critic end of things so no, it's, it's less screwed this time because i can drop a game if it's <laughs> not coming out so indeed. i can potentially drop breath of the wild 2 if i need to i just wanted to get it early because if if that game got announced for 2020 and people were scrambling for it i was not about to be a part of that i just wanted to take it before anyone else could um so so i wanted to guarantee there will because certainly like, be no scramble and that, that look is you've got fucking last of us part two i needed a big gun to fight you <laughs> off you know it just has to happen um so yeah i'm i'm excited for breath of the wild 2 whatever the hell it is it seems to be like we don't get a lot from that trailer sure but we do get a tone we do get a much darker tone we get the idea that potentially more story focused potentially more zelda focused uh it's it's very interesting and like also it's from nintendo's perspective how do you follow up one of your biggest successes in years right like it's it's such a daunting task to have put out a game that is just world ending in terms of its impact and its love from the fans that it's a real trick to to do another one of those so i think the more it goes in its own direction and does something different the better because it won't it will it'll kind of help it be compared less to its predecessor yeah in in like negative ways so so yeah i'm excited for that for sure um mbz what is your first prediction my second i already second did. prediction i've already done technically two predictions because i did my <laughs> it feels like four at this stage uh, yeah no uh my second prediction square enix uh having seen the love for dragon quest 11 on switch as well as the sales for the mobile ports of one through three which they put on the eShop, uh, will continue this trend by re-releasing dragon quest four through six on switch uh they will also be based on the mobile versions of those games and not the ds ones um however more excitingly they will also announce the classic final fantasy collection which will include final fantasy one through six in a single package and they will get away with charging 60 dollars for it have they done that yet anywhere no i don't believe so they have um so over the years they've re-released final fantasy games tons uh on the gba they did dawn of souls which was final fantasy 1 and 2 remade for the gba uh they put out final fantasy 2 uh, uh 3 sorry on ds there was a the only version the only english version of final fantasy 3 that exists is like a 3d remake on ds um final fantasy 4 has been remade a couple of times there's a vita uh psp sorry version of it as well as a gba final fantasy 5 got a gba version and final fantasy 6 also got a gba version so mainly the gba era is where a lot of those games got remade but they've never been put out under one banner and i think it's the difficulty with this happening is that they're all such weird different versions like there isn't a kind of 16-bit-esque version of 3 that is translated in english there's only the ds 3d version of 3 um 
so there's lots of weirdness that you'd have to overcome if they were to remake them all and like do a full full blush thing where they just kind of made modern pixel art additions that could be a thing i don't actually know if they've done any of these on mobile as well because they might have done with final fantasy one or two or something to put them out on on mobile but i would think that at this point we have pretty much seven through almost 15 on switch because you've got the stupid chibi version of 15 available on switch even if you don't have the full one um 13 mm. is one of the few that's not on switch yet but you've got 7 8 9 10 10 2 and 12 so they, you pretty much have the back half of the final fantasy lineage on switch you got to put the front half at some point right so it's you can continue there. your quest to beat them all yes absolutely this this entire prediction is based on my quest to to catch them all dragon quest and final fantasy put them all in my mouth i'll eat them all and we've got um, the seven remake coming we do which will not be on switch unfortunately but um but yeah square enix they like re-releasing things i think this is more one of my more safe predictions i think for certain the dragon quest four through six thing is definitely happening uh, but mm. I, I put a, a spicier take in there with the classic final fantasy collection which I hope will happen. Um, how, what's your level of interest in playing? Because I know you've said you you want to play a Dragon Quest at some point in time, but as we know on the show, uh, your tolerance for long JRPGs is limited, and you can only you can only ingest one or two a year. Yeah. So so yeah, obviously, three houses I struggled with, and but after about twenty five hours, and Xenoblade Chronicles X as well is a game that I definitely don't want to go back to. So like for me, longer RPG strategy or not, they do have to have some they have to have like a hook that keeps me going. So like my favorite JRPGs like Octopath Traveler and Earthbound, Final Fantasy Six, like all these games had they were just really the pacing just worked well for me. So I'm 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 keen on Dragon Quest Eleven, probably, from everything I've seen. But if I'm going to play, like, a couple of JRPGs this year, it's probably going to be Bravely Default 2, um, because that's obviously a lot of the Octopath team, and I'm very excited. And I have had, I have enjoyed Square Enix um, JRPGs of that mold. Uh, and likewise, I'd, I, you're desperate for me to play chrono trigger so i am i think most that. people who listen to this podcast want you to play chrono trigger <laughs> i think most people have done that like bally gotta play it you gotta play it so I, I i owe it to everyone to play chrono trigger so those are probably my two jrpgs for 2020 if i go beyond that i'm scared i'd burn out on a few games and i know that dragon quest 11 in particular is very very long so oh, it is yeah that'd probably be my go-to i think you had suggested before it was a good one to start with as well it is yeah no it's a great jumping in point i think lots of people are finding this as their first dragon quest on switch and loving it like i've i've seen so many people uh, put it high up on their like game of the year list for 2019 um, even though it did come out originally in 2018 but it was new for switch so cool Ooh, so... Uh, that is my second prediction my second prediction is that Mario Odyssey 2 will be announced at E3 and come out this holiday. So we're talking new captures, new worlds, more crazy awesome level design. And one of the... So the big capture that kind of was revealed in the trailer of um, Mario Odyssey that made everyone go, whoa, was the T-Rex the capture. Yes. I think the trailer capture that will make everyone go, whoa, this time around, is you will capture that big-ass dra dragon boss from the first game, and there mm. will be some sort of crazy flying boss fight against some form of flying Bowser at some point okay. in this game. <laughs> I like and it. And 
I'm like they're gonna blow up the scale when it comes to captures and just go crazy. Think think of how much they they made everything so much more crazy and interesting between Galaxy One and Two. Like in the, in the right. world of Odyssey and captures, I think there's so many crazy directions they could go. Uh, I think it was quite shocking for a lot of people that Breath of the Wild was the game that got the DLC rather than Mario Odyssey. And knowing that they're kind of held back on the kind of Odyssey DLC, I mean, we got that Luigi Balloon crap, which was awful. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, you can't call that DLC. I it was mean, just yeah, like... it was just, yeah. So the fact they held back on that suggests that what if they held them back in order to create new worlds and levels and captures for a whole not a whole other game so yeah. again i think it could there's a chance it could be a quicker turnaround that's why i say announced the e3 come out holiday i think that turnaround's been re- done numerous times across different e3s so we'll see who knows yeah i originally had a mario odyssey prediction on here but i was like that's boring i um, agree it's so... boring i'm not going to try and defend it's not boring that's oh no 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 absolutely not dragon um i uh so for me my one of my ideas i had was what if they start blowing up mario and kind of start branching him into other nintendo ip so what if like one of the kingdoms is Incopolis kingdom and you go to splatoon land or you go to the hylian kingdom and you start wandering around zelda land um i think that is maybe a bridge too far uh for mario and the identity of just because because you know that team epd tokyo they are undoubtedly the most creative talents in the industry for me personally like the wild shit they come up with is just ridiculous like they they are filled with bonkers ideas that are bright and colorful and amazing and i think that if you not necessarily pigeonhole them but if you tell them like oh you've got to bring this ip in and like there will be constraints binding those things um so like i don't think it would happen i think it would just be like a cool thing to do because it i mean would expand the universe somewhat you i know? think a more likely thing that's maybe more realistic is like a delfino plaza in there or oh something. yes yeah, for sure like, that, that's guaranteed as to much be, as that mushroom peach's castle was awesome like there's other things they can do and like mario galaxy references again and like there's enough mario lore there that before they would maybe think about reaching to other ip that i think if you could just have a really innovative yet nostalgic game which i think aspects of odyssey definitely had especially with the the 2d levels yeah no for sure uh you could even have like a mario maker kingdom where things get like rubbed oh out God, and like yeah. added on the fly um <laughs> like funny. a like a weird ambiguous hand just comes along and like deletes <laughs> yeah. a, a platform underneath you it's like the um, hand from smash brothers yeah exactly yeah master hand just popping in for a for a quick vacation and that um, hand itself is actually from kirby yeah technically um so when is this when's coming out what's holiday like november november is the big holiday yeah. slot this is the big yeah. holiday one like it's pretty obvious to me that odyssey and breath of the wild was such fucking smash hits that nintendo have to do sequels to both of them we already have a sequel to the first one it it seems inevitable that we're going to get a sequel to mario odyssey i think it's another reason why breath of the wild will probably be 2021 actually like i, I know they did both of them in the same year in 2017 but i think I think that's one in a million. That that kind of like thing happens so rarely that it does. That yeah, I and they've kind of gone th- this trajectory where they have like a hot year, a quieter year. So 2017 obviously crazy hot. 2018 much quieter, but obviously Smash Brothers came out. 2019 was actually fairly hot in terms of the number of games because we had Astral Chain. Yeah, um, 
Mario Maker 2. 2019 was definitely much more like if you're a fan of niche IP, yeah, then you're so going to be happy. I think 2019 will be quieter. Obviously, it won't be if a game like Mario Odyssey 2 or Breath of the Wild 2 makes out this year. But 2020, um, you mean? 2020, I should say, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think there's still room that one of, one of these games will come out this year. Yeah, I... Uh... So Emily Rogers, a uh, known person on Twitter slash the internet who knows things about Nintendo and has uh, had rumors be right before. Obviously, she's had stuff be wrong as well, but you know, no one has a 100% track record, uh, has said that 2020 is going to be similar to 2019 in terms of the, the pacing and the output of, wow. of games. I mean, that's um, incredible because we know of so few games like right. at this moment at this moment like it's just animal crossing and we know sure. of bravely um i keep wanting to say bravely second bravely default no. 2 yeah um coming out this year that's basically it right well xenoblade chronicles the remake xenoblade is chronicles, happening yeah. um obviously bayonetta 3 is floating in the ether somewhere yeah you've um, got those few games floating in the ether and but like the the kind of comparison we have is like last january we had new super mario brothers u which was a uh, wii u port uh, this January, we have Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which is another Wii U port. Um, last March, we had Yoshi. Uh, this March, we have Animal Crossing. So, like, the cadence is similar for the first part of the year, apparently, mm. which means that maybe the second part of the year will have a similar cadence, in which case, RIP all of our wallets, because the fucking <laughs> like June, June, July, June to August, November, September, October, November. Is like, bam, yeah, bam, one bam. a month was just blam, yeah. blam, nonstop machine gun, uh, which was great. I thought it was a very solid year for Nintendo, and they, they had some great games. There was almost something for everyone in that array of games as well. It wasn't like any one group was being like left out it felt like no there was something for every type of nintendo fan absolutely yeah uh, and so i hope that that's the case here and, and you may even have some bigger things happening right if if breath of the wild makes it this year great like that would be amazing um if not then likely we'll have a mario 2 uh, odyssey 2 come out and, and be a big thing as well so cool, cool. right your number three mbz my number three prediction so nintendo they always like their spin-offs. Um, you know, we've had Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. We've had uh, Triforce Heroes. You know, Nintendo. They like Federate Federation Force, everyone's favorite. Like to keep their franchises. Uh, I think you'll find Triforce Heroes as a mainline Zelda game. Uh, I think you'll find Federation Force as a mainline <laughs> Metroid game. Um, you like they like to keep their IP alive, and they've said often that like in between the big releases, they have to keep the ip in people's brains otherwise you know it goes away and people forget about it and obviously a big new ip they've had uh, in recent years is splatoon splatoon which has two games the original and obviously the sequel on switch and i think at this point you know people love that ip you so much you can do with it that they need to branch out and do a different type of game with splatoon uh, as such they will release a new game in the splatoon franchise that will focus on the fashion it will be called, and this is the entire reason I made this prediction, because oh I God. came up with this pun. It will be called Splatwalk, and it will be a ah. fashion, fashion-based fashion life sim where you take your inkling and try to make it to the top of the modeling game. Um, obviously, Nintendo has, like, a fashion series. They have uh, Style Savvy, which is a series, apparently, is very good that I've never tried before, um, and has, like, 3DS iteration and stuff. Sure, they could do a tie-in with that, but I think just Splatwalk as an idea, as, like you rise the ranks of the modeling game and like you collect clothes and stuff and i don't know how it would work maybe it is like sims-esque in a way but i just that pun was too good and i was like i have to do this as a prediction so i really have no ideas beyond that but splatwalk you heard it here first the fashion-based splatoon game uh which will be amazing i would play that 
Uh, I'm not above that. I would absolutely play that video game. Um, I think, obviously, like, we've been talking for so long about how Splatoon needs to have some sort of spin-off because it's such a strong part of their stable now and people love it mm. and you feel like it would be a fairly long wait even from here and before a splatoon 3 and yes you know keep people engaged with that ip sure and we've talked before about like the iterations they need to make to a splatoon 3 to make it mm. stand out and like is splatoon an animal crossing or is splatoon a zelda right in the sense that is it a game that just iterates slowly over the years but stays fundamentally yeah. the same yeah. or is it a thing that reinvents itself and I would like it to be a thing that reinvents itself. If it isn't, that's fine. Like if because the core of Splatoon is so good that I, the iteration, making it more streamlined, smoother, adding new modes, that's great. But also, like it's it's a strong brand and it has such an identity to it that I feel they have to branch out and do something else with it, like a spin-off or, or whatever. Um, and fashion is such at the core of the identity of that game. And mm. I think this just makes so much sense to me. I thought you were going to say, like, your whole Nintendogs and Pikachu, they could roll it in and add an inkling into that, like... No, you can't. <laughs> that's a that's a person. That's not a pet. It's a squid. Just because they could turn a from a, a squid into a kid, you know. You, no, that's that's just human slavery, that is, <laughs> uh, at that point. Um, no, I, I like the idea, and I, I completely agree they need to... It'd be good to see them do something else with the ip as much as i think the ip will be covered in other games and i've got a couple of predictions that will link to this but um coming up but uh yeah i think a game of its own that can stand alone and be something different would be really cool and yeah. even if it sells really well in japan and flops elsewhere i think it could still be a success you know like oh totally yeah and i, I think it would do well in other territories mm. because platoon has proved itself to be a global ip and not just something yeah. obviously it's the biggest thing in japan but outside of that it's still very successful so yeah cool i would i would like that that'd be cool right my third prediction with few nintendo games coming out in 2020 well that we know of at least animal uh-huh. crossing will get a ton of support uh, with events and festivals with exclusive items and nods to other games in the launch lineup like mario odyssey 2 day um, okay so, oh, so you're just adding ca- days to the calendar essentially essentially so and and these are done through like updates and things so if you think back to like when the last mainline game came out new leaf would you argue that at that point in time the whole process of like update culture hadn't really sunk in at the nintendo end like games as a service games as a service like we're gonna yeah that was 2013 so definitely not exactly i mean so... other companies were starting to do it i think destiny had come out in 2014 was when yeah. destiny started so that was really the beginning of the gay right. gaas uh, surge um so obviously like splatoon has its splatfest and they're obviously updated all the time well they're not going at the moment anymore but um my point is that like this is the first mainline Animal Crossing game since up- that update culture. And as a result, I think there's going to be a much larger emphasis on cross-promotion and emphasizing, you know, this game on Mario Odyssey 2, it's coming out today. And then all of a sudden, like a random skyscraper from New York City will appear in your town for a few days. <laughs> like zany stuff like that. Or like you were saying with Splatoon, like that could be like a splat day in in animal crossing where your entire town is just covered in ink or something yeah and you know there's just i think there's a lot of promotional stuff they can do through think you know so in new leaf and obviously the other animal crossing games you could get like the triforce in your flat uh in your flat your house uh Uh you could get like an r wing and stuff i think just 
do that but blow it to a crazy scale and you just have these constant updates these constant new features and they're all free like this isn't like something you're paying extra for um and then that combined with a more emphasis on this whole multiplayer thing and i think you could just you really get the ball rolling yeah i mean you know you can have fun things like you know the they do things like the mario nose and mustache that you can get right what if on mario odyssey days all your villagers were walking around with the nose and mustache on them or something and then people will go why are they wearing that and then you speak to like the mayor or something like well it's mario odyssey 2 day don't you know it comes out on november blah 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 and then everyone (laughs) and then people like yeah fourth wall breaking mario odyssey 2 let me look that up online oh it looks really good i'm gonna buy that that, you know like saying it comes out on november blah 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 feels very scummy to me yeah, i don't I like that i don't like that idea <laughs> it's maybe one um, step too far it is maybe a step but, too far um, i think there's cross promotion they can do with that sure for a game I, li- where... I like that idea i think that realistically it will be like mario odyssey 2 is coming out you can buy cappy in the shop that's going to be the reality of probably it, I think. even that's um, kind of cool i like the idea that. sure but yeah. um yeah just I think it'll be fun. And I, I do think that game will get a lot of support. I think that... It, for sure, like, This yeah. is a huge tentpole for them. They completely missed the, the Wii U for many right reasons. And it's been a long wait since New Leaf. And I think they're really going to go for this game. Um, as like, I am still a bit skeptical about that game. And I know that Jeff Gersman at Giant Bomb has said he's a bit concerned about that game. And I share... Yeah, some of the crafting stuff seems a little bit... I don't yeah, know I share a lot it. of his concerns and like... I do hope it isn't so iterative that it can be a bit dull. I hope that there will be enough hooks in there that we maybe don't even know about yet that could be included in the support I'm talking about that make the game uh, worth coming back to for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Animal Crossing is going to be huge. It's going to be, especially with Switch, just the way that console is and the way that every time a Nintendo IP gets onto it it's like it's the best selling of these ever yeah uh, animal crossing will absolutely be that it will crush um and it will do incredibly well and people will buy switches for it so i feel like they'll probably do a special edition it probably makes sense um yeah cool cool my number four prediction ace attorney will rise again however in an attempt to make a big splash and refresh the franchise capcom will no longer continue the mainline story at least they will attempt to sell it in that way to attract a big new audience, as has tended to happen on the Switch. You will follow a new protagonist, and there will be seemingly no link to the past games in all the marketing. But in the actual game, there will be a big reveal in the first case, when an old man in a wheelchair comes on stage and is revealed to be a 70-year-old Phoenix Wright. The fans go wild. <laughs> um, I mean, this is, just, you know, I'm, I'm embiggening it as much as it is, but I do think that with as i just said the way that ip has performed on switch and like it's the best selling version of this ever if ace attorney is going to break through in a huge way i think it needs to do a refresh to some degree because realistically the story as it is has kind of strung along over six entries and like it's not like there is a break between the first trilogy the second trilogy if you want to call it a trilogy uh and there are obviously threads that go all the way through but uh you know it's a lot of the same characters there are some new ones that have been added in along the way and uh i think it would be good to do a reboot essentially of the, of the franchise so is that that'd be cool that trilogy is on switch it is yes yes okay. yeah need to get to that as well yeah right i'm sorry i don't have many comments to say about it because i don't no, know that's yeah absolutely <laughs> no 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 that's absolutely fine uh let's move on to your fourth prediction my fourth prediction 
is a trailer at E3 2020 for to be announced for summer release in summer 2021. And it is it is the Smash Brothers Mario Kart, the Smash the Kart the Smash Brothers Smashification of Mario Kart. Trying to get trying to get that out. This this is your two D Metroid prediction, Valley. I don't know how many times you predicted but he, it, but, but I think this must be like the but, third time. But at here's least. the trailer. The trailer starts on the Mushroom Kingdom Peach style Peach Castle style track. Mario's okay. driving along, um, and then and then he like just goes through a portal, and all of a sudden he's on Zeebs. And okay. and the, and then the metal Metroid metal guitar Metroid theme kicks in, and Ridley comes driving on <laughs> beside him, boshes Mario off the track. He goes spinning into into some rock, and Ridley's just driving along. And then all of a sudden, you just hear like pew pew pew, pew and then you realise Ridley's getting shot at by Fox McCloud and an R wing behind him. Um, and it reveals that the game is not only like the smashification. Here we are between Metroid, Star Fox, etc. On top of that, it's between it's it's uh, go karts as well as flying vehicles. And so you have like R wings and other flying vehicles in this game. And this is this is the rumored um, Star Fox GP is this game as well. Like it's all rolled. Oh, so they're um, like rolled in what Retro are doing into a new Mario Kart as well. Exactly. Um, and you got all the characters. You got lands across Pikmin, Metroid, Star Fox, Wave Race. Um, it's all in there, and it's going to come summer twenty twenty one, which I think okay. is a big enough gap since Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Oh, for sure, that's like four years at that yeah. point. Uh, um, because it's their, it's one of their biggest brands, and they got to get more Mario Kart out. And I think that it's a fantastic way of mixing up the formula, as we've said before, um, since. Um, they included, you know, the Animal Crossing stuff and the Zelda stuff in, and F Zero stuff in the last game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's inevitable at some point. I just um, Mario Kart just sells. It just it continues to be on MPD. It's like GTA Five. Like it is Nintendo's GTA Five. It just will never leave the top ten. It's always there. And do they need to? That's the question. It's like do they? Because right, think about this. The Mario Kart team made arms right that was the game they worked on for switch so clearly they've been working on a game since then arms came out at the launch of switch it's been almost three years now coming up to march it will be three years i think arms came out in april so that will be a three-year dev cycle what will the mario kart team have worked on since they worked on arms and was arms a big enough success for them to take that ip further um, or are they going in a different direction? Do they work on a brand new IP of their own making? I can't um, see a sequel to Arms. I don't know how well it did, but my impression was it didn't yeah. do great. But no, I don't think it did do great. But I think it certainly did better than a lot of other Nintendo IP in the recent years, right? Like it, um, it definitely wasn't a codename Steam, but it wasn't a Splatoon either. It's kind of in this middle ground because it did sell over a million, but to some degree, like that million is not indicative of the the popularity just because it was one of the few games that came out around launch and launch games will always do better because there's a dearth of anything else right um so yes there is enough time for them to have made a full mario kart sequel the question is is it worth their time doing that or are we in a situation where like when a switch successor comes out you do a deluxe version of this mario kart that they're working on now right like it could be just uh 
ever ever going thing where like mario kart just keeps getting iterated on the one that they're working on now you mean eight or the one i've just hypothesized or uh the one you've just hypothesized right Okay, no, yeah, I, I can see that happening. Um, and again, who knows how long the Switch life cycle is going to be like, right. before we There's rumors thrown around iteration. about Switch Pro coming out this year, potentially, um, supporting 4K and things like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, cool, my final crazy prediction. The out there one. Number five. The Labo bike will be announced alongside ring fit adventure you will use both in conjunction in a new ring fit dlc called the ring of fire where you'll have to pedal around courses while using the ring as well for the truest full body workout um yeah ring of fire yeah um the labo bike of course you'll have to build yourself uh oh my god uh, bike made of cardboard and, uh, yeah they'll no they'll you have to put like metal like things and the, they'll include all this stuff in the box obviously it'll be like the biggest parts to stop it yeah exactly but it'll just be way. like the biggest diy project ever it'll be the labo exercise bike uh and you can use it in conjunction with ring fit because those go together very nicely um and have you heard work. about like peloton peloton, peloton. No. it's like a cycling brand so you buy like a bike that goes in your house and then okay like you're like connected to the internet and some motivational guide person be like you're almost there you're you're now beating this other person on the other side of the country sort of thing and you it's constant it's like this it's the gamification of cycling essentially in a way yeah um i just think it's such a an area that's growing that i wouldn't be surprised if nintendo actually did do something at some point even if it's not made of cardboard and metal but <laughs> sure if they had a better vr headset as well that you could put on without having to hold it to your face you could <laughs> combine that as well for like the true the truest immersion of like riding your labo bike having the vr helmet on and also holding a ring fit to fully immerse yourself into the uh the experience i think that I might think. have been one of the most surprising things of 2019 is the fact that nintendo went into vr like, yeah uh, went into is maybe a strong definition like dabbled in vr like they i think their, they tip their toes in the water tip their toes you know? in the water. like i think that was just so shocking like for nintendo of all companies to go for it so i, I think that, but that's the only way they were going to do it at this point in time was more of a not throwaway but like more experimental like it's something that doesn't have high risk associated with it it's already part of an existing brand and they can they can throw ideas in there that are more tech demos than actual video games, right? So it it made sense to me. It was just like it was still surprising they did it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, Ring Fit Adventure was very shocking as well. Like that thing is crazy and yeah, incredible, for sure. and awesome that it made Giant Bomb's top ten games of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very cool. Very cool. Right, um, you're number five, Bali. The last one. I think the craziest thing that's going to happen is that following the success of wargroove nintendo and intelligent systems are actually going to shock the world with an advance wars announcement for late 2020 okay it's not going to happen but i like the boldness <laughs> they like wargroove did so well everyone loves it so much we're gonna get back in the game here we go uh any additional thoughts alongside that or was just i mean to be fair predicting advance wars is in itself like an unrealistic thing exactly so. that's why i put it in this <laughs> fair enough fair enough i've also said another unrealistic one was uh, bravely default 2 being your game of the year 
and, <laughs> and that my and that my wish will have been it will have been a disappointment to me because it's not sim- similar enough to Octopath Traveler. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say aside from I hope you get Advance Wars at some point. Um, you know, like the thing with intelligence systems is fundamentally three houses wasn't really made by them uh that was like so much of the if you go through because people went through and went through the credits and the developers who worked on it majority of the staff on that game was tecmo koe like it was not Mm. an intelligence system like there's like seven or eight people from intelligence systems who worked on that game which begs the question the fucking intelligence systems working on right now right (laughs) um Mm. obviously i think people like arlo would be happy if they were doing a uh paper mario um i would of course love codename steam too <laughs> yes for sure um but like paper mario potentially yeah, if we, if we also mario. go down That's the timeline of like r.i.p alpha dream from 2019 they are pretty much gone like it doesn't seem like nintendo are bailing them out of a bankruptcy so there goes your mario and luigi essentially and so does that mean that paper mario now pivots back to being an rpg franchise because if you remember there was a there was an interview I think that Game Explain had with intelligence systems folks who worked on Color Splash, and what they were saying essentially was, we have Paper Mario, we have Mario and Luigi, Mario and Luigi are carrying this torch for the RPG games, Paper Mario doesn't need to do that anymore, because Paper Mario is now a franchise that focuses far more on like adventure game stuff as opposed to RPG things, so... So we're now in this weird place where the RPG developers for for Mario and Luigi don't exist anymore. Does it make sense for Paper Mario to go back to its roots and be an RPG franchise again? Um, and I yeah, think weird situation. Probably, probably. Um, so, cool. so I think that's it. Uh, I had one more, which was like. I was coming up with this prediction and then the splat walk thing hit my brain. I'm like, no, that's way better. Um, <laughs> but like, it was it was the idea of like, Nintendo reached out to Brace Yourself Games to do Cadence of Hyrule. And I was thinking like, what are the independent developers are out there that are making games that are not like what Nintendo makes, right? Because fundamentally, I think the reason they went with uh, Brace Yourself and with uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer is like, it's a really weird game that isn't, that's not really like anything else. Um, whereas, you know, you could say, oh, Team Cherry make Metroid, but like, Nintendo makes their own Metroid games, right? Or at least they sometimes do. Um, so I was thinking, what if they approached Ghost Town games and made an Overcooked style thing, but with the Splatoon IP? Like, call it Squid Kitchen and, wow. and yeah. do stuff with Splatoon. And, Something very uh, meta about squids cooking squids. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, cannibalism to some extent. Um, but I just thought, like, Overcooked is a weird idea that is unlike anything Nintendo do. And it's also a franchise that has done particularly well on switch uh and it's also so. a very nintendo idea in many aspects like it is that zany kind of family friendly it's, it's on thing. the couch co-op yeah. yeah it's it's really what nintendo's um philosophy is is built around in many senses so cool so that was because i was thinking of like i need a splatoon spin-off and it's like oh this this could work and i was like oh wait a second splat walk i need that that's much better <laughs> even though the even though the overcooked one is probably more realistic uh yeah I was yeah. going to say, we've, uh, there have been a lot of predictions previously about like big third-party ports to Switch. I think 2020 might be the year that we get GTA Five. Could yeah, be. That's, that, has, that was on my mind as well. It was, um, it's the last big third-party game that should come to the system. 
and I think it probably will and probably will come too late and everyone will be like why are you putting this now Rockstar and Rockstar are like I don't care we have 70 bajillion dollars fuck you um, <laughs> so so yeah uh, I think that you know our predictions probably a lot of them on my side are just like wishful thinking and in some senses jokes but also like there's a realism to them uh i think i feel like you're gonna take most of the points because you just stayed more on the straight and narrow i, I do uh, like how open this year is like how we've already said like have few things we actually know about and then totally we yeah. are gonna get that january or february direct presumably and as much as that's yeah. gonna have animal crossing details in it probably i think it's gonna have a ton about other stuff smaller stuff as well just coming down the line which i think is sure. super exciting it really speaks to the position nintendo are in now right because you compare the situation from the wii u to the switch oh my god in terms of like Nintendo had to have an emergency direct that basically announced every Wii U game that was ever going to come out. And so we knew about Xenoblade X, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, all these games for years and years before they even happened. And now Nintendo are in a very comfortable position where they're like, we don't need to show our hand. Like, even at the Game Awards, they're like, nah, you can have the Square Enix game. We're not going to give you a game from us. Uh, And that's a confidence that they can control the message now and that they can just keep their cards as close to their chest as possible because i think they've realized one of the benefits of having nintendo directs and not announcing things at other events or like having them shown off before they're close to release is you avoid one of those things which is like oh the last guardian's been 10 years in the making when's that (laughs) happening you know like you you just dodge that bullet that sony have so often found themselves and and they've unfortunately got into that position for metroid prime 4 but they have been open and honest about look it's been restarted it's going to be a while and absolutely and hopefully breath of the wild 2 doesn't become another you know breath of the wild where it just does take years and years and years yeah and it absolutely shows that that openness and honesty will work with people because that that video has like 150,000 likes and like 6,000 and dislikes it's right. like proportionally people are fine with it as long as you just, communicate yeah, with them and just tell that them, bit of right? honesty really helps a lot um totally. especially for a company as you said in the wii u era we just load it up with the stuff that is so far off we shouldn't have even known about it but yes exactly did and yeah and it's great because it leads to nintendo directs that you don't know what they're going to talk about and yeah. it's full of surprise and intrigue and, and i love that we got, it... we've got like six more smash characters we have no idea who they are exactly right? yeah like, it's crazy. and we were we were like sold that there was going to be an announcement at the game awards and there still hasn't been and i mean that will probably be another announcement in the upcoming direct but absolutely the fact that they've held that back this long as well like they might even stealth drop that character you know because it's they need to get no i don't think so they they as much as i like that idea like marketing is more important than than shadow dropping things out of nowhere um it's did they say they'd release all six by the end of 2020 no, they haven't given a timeline for season two timeline. yet. They, okay. The only thing they really announce is like there will be more DLC characters. We don't even know if that's going to come in the form of uh, season two or what. But they, okay. they said yeah. they are working on more. Um, I imagine it will have the same format because it seems to have worked very well for them. And yeah. uh, and it's been great. Like I've loved playing as the new characters. Uh, I don't think you've played as Terry yet, but he's fucking I have not. really good. He's very good characters. A lot of fun to play as. We should. We need another Smash session. Haven't we had do. one in a while. Um, 
Cool. Well, should we uh, go to some listener predictions? Because we've got a lot sent in yeah. to us. Um, Why don't we react to these one at a time? So, like, yeah. I'll just read it out gradually. So, sure. our first yes. uh, message is from a Cerberus from Discord who says, I think we will see another collaboration with Mercury Steam on the 2D Metroid. And I think it will be a wholly original game. Nintendo can be unaware at times, but I think they know the reputation the Metroid franchise currently has of new games being sparse. And I think uh, they will want to avoid Metroid Switch debut being another remake. Yeah. Potentially, and the thing is, is that I think they could get away with it. Like they, they totally could get away with it because they have been doing so many re-releases. Um, let alone, obviously, the remakes with uh, Link's Awakening and stuff. Yeah. But and people like that Link's Awakening remake a lot, even if yes. a few people maybe on our side are a bit like uh, game design's quite old now. Look, I will. I'll tell you what, man. Like if they put out a fusion remake and. I guess maybe smoothed out something like there's not much you can smooth out because fundamentally fusion is more of a linear game i i feel like a lot more people would be like oh shit metroid fusion is really good game like i think it actually would do quite well in 2020 um as a as a modern release essentially yeah. um so yeah service goes on warrior wear will return but i don't think we will get a new entry per se i think uh, I'm thinking that they take all the work collating the best micro games from WarioWare Gold and make a multiplayer first game like the GameCube version with all sorts of wacky modes to frame the micro games. Uh, we are far enough away from Super Mario Party, but not too close enough to the successor that 2020 would be the perfect time for this game. Yeah, yeah WarioWare uh, going multiplayer is, is a good idea for Switch. Yeah, and it would also reduce the development time slash cost slash everything it could yeah. very much be and of course it wouldn't have not a quick and dirty port but like a way to get it onto the system the only caveat i have is that the 3ds is perfectly built for all the features of the older warrior game so you could throw in stuff from twisted you could throw in stuff from touched because you always have access to a touch screen when you're playing the 3ds with warrior on switch if they were to do the same thing you can only play some of those games in handheld and you can play you could play some of them in handheld but it would be more awkward it would like motion control stuff right if you were to throw in stuff from the wii game um then you'd be like oh well in order to play the micro game from warrior on the wii smooth moves you'd have to have it in docked mode and then have your joy cons away from the system versus like the touch like you couldn't do the big mix up which i, I think is quite good of, of gold where you throw all different games from different uh entries into one you know, like when you do a run through and you do get a bunch of different mini games at once, type of deal. Um, yeah, it could be a bit awkward, is all I'm saying. It's like it potentially you find that scenario where it's like, well, motion control, but also touchscreen, but also tilt. You know, it's weird because um, WarioWare has always been a franchise that has been built around the unique capabilities of the hardware, uh, and we never mm. got like a 3D WarioWare where you could use the 3D of the 3ds so gold was more of just like here's a best of um i think there was some new stuff in gold was my understanding just yeah there are a few new mini games but not a not a large amount right um another rabbits tactics game from david soliani's team seems very likely to me the original had about two months between reveal and release and i could see a similar situation this year uh mark your calendars hyrule kingdom battle is coming in september absolutely this is happening uh, i don't know if it will be a different ip or if it will just be mario plus rabbits 2 because the mario plus rabbits ip is now a known name um i would love if they did like obviously zelda's the obvious one i'd love if they did metroid because like tactics with metroid obviously with guns and stuff makes more sense um just logically from that perspective you could have bounty hunters in there throwing ridley stuff 
I I would love if they got access to Metroid, but I think I think Zelda makes more sense yeah. just from a marketing yeah. perspective, and more people would be interested in it. So I'm down with that for sure, hundred percent. I think Super Mario Odyssey 2 is a very real possibility this year. The structure of the first game was ripe for DLC, way more than, say, Breath of the Wild was, and the fact that it didn't get any any leads me to believe Odyssey 2 is a lock. It's just a matter of when. Moreover, the fact we still haven't gotten a 3D World port makes me think that Nintendo have known for a long time that Odyssey 2 has never been too far off the horizon. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I think at least it gets announced. And I think you said that it was going to be an E3 reveal. I actually would say that it will follow more of the model of the first game where it gets like not a, less in, not a less interesting trailer, but like it'll get a trailer. Like remember the first trailer for Odyssey at the Switch reveal mm. event, which showed Cappy, but didn't show the capture stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So I feel like we could get more tame trailer for an early Nintendo Direct, followed by a bigger blowout trailer. I think that's slightly. I think it's a slightly harder concept to breadcrumb when you already know about the capture mechanic, unless they do like another mechanic that's as fundamental as the capture, right. which yes. I'm not entirely certain they would do, honestly. But yeah, because we we imagine Odyssey Two as more of an iteration than an innovation. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not to say there could be a new mechanic. They could like still scale up the the trailer. Like they did with 3D World again. That's another example where the first trailer was like quite bog standard and not the most inspiring. And then the second trailer, it was really like it contributed to that E3 being really bad. Honestly, yeah. it was that poor it's trailer. Like, that's that game. where Mario's going after Mario Galaxy. Jeez, like. Um, and then that follow up trailer was actually pretty good, and I actually really enjoyed the game overall. But um, yeah, I Odyssey too. I think it could be anything could be anything um service goes on but i'm going to take it even further i think odyssey 2 will coincide with odyssey style being added to mario maker uh we still need to fill the extra styles block and odyssey is the natural choice i'm sorry people holding out for mario 2 but it's just not happening adding cappy to mario maker and allowing him to capture enemies is a natural extension of different playable characters they have started with link this is a great. I great like that call. idea. Yeah, the capture mechanic in in like two D Mario is is really a cool idea. And also like Cappy as a platforming traversal mechanic in three D is great, but like you can do that in two D as well, and I think it would work just as excellently. Mm. Um, just bouncing on the hat and like doing the double jumps and the dives, you could make some real gauntlets out of those mechanics yeah. for sure. Now for a wild card. I think a second game will be added to the online service along with Tetris 99. In the same way Tetris 99 was the battle royale nobody expected, I think we will see a Nintendo Auto Chess game. My first thought was Pikmin Auto Chess, which seems perfect as it is, but Nintendo actually has another semi-dormant franchise that works even better. The Mario vs. Donkey Kong series is already about autonomous uh, versions of the Mario characters and would be a perfect fit for an auto chess game. Sorry for spoiling Nintendo's 2020 plans for you all. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I like a service's predictions. I think a lot of them are very much on point. This one, I will say, is not simply because... Like, people are always like, well, Nintendo made Dota, but like... Think about how fucking complicated Dota is, right? Like, Nintendo are not about games that are weird and complicated in the way that a lot of these Blizzard games, like Warcraft and, like, real-time, like, grand strategy games are. And obviously, they've done similar things like that before in terms yeah. of Pikmin. Like, Pikmin is a very simplified version of very, an RTS. Like, they've uh, really... Pikmin's more of a Metroid game than an RTS, like, right. frankly, in my opinion. Um, 
and i like the idea of auto chess but like that genre is not a thing that nintendo would care about <laughs> like I, I barely think anyone at nintendo even knows what that is so um battle royale is different i think because battle royale fundamentally is a pretty simplistic idea uh, and that's why tetris 99 worked um this one i like the idea i don't think it's happening um but hey MBZ, that's why you- we throw things out there do you want to pick up the next one from Tim? Yeah, so Tim says, I'm very bad at predictions because I usually end up saying the things I personally hope will happen. I'll try to be a little That's bit That's the joy of predictions, realistic. Tim. <laughs> that is absolutely the joy of predictions. Uh, first, some negative predictions. Oh, we didn't get into any of these in ours, but uh, there will still be nothing said about Pikmin 4 and fans <laughs> will get even more worried that Pikmin has joined the ranks of dead franchise. Ooh. To be fair, like there was what a eight, ten year gap between two and three. Like It was a pretty long yeah, gap between big. two and three. Yeah. Um, and you know they made a spin-off for pikmin it was a bad 2d platformer but they still made one uh and it was made by rz slash artoon a studio who i still don't know why nintendo work with them all they make is bad platformers anyway um we will get the smallest possible update on metro prime 4 but it will still be years off what do do you think about that because i i know that you know development takes a long time uh it will have been by e3 it will have been about a year and a half since it got rebooted is that anywhere near close to showing something of the game? Um, I think had this been the Wii U era, we hunt like we were saying before, we hundred percent would see something about Metroid Prime Four this year. Yes, I just yeah. think um, Nintendo have too many cannonballs in their cannon ready to go that they they won't bother showing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we know they're working like retro working on it, but totally. There's just too much to talk about, and there's loads of new stuff that I think is just going to come out way, way before Metro Prime Four. That I don't think Metro. I think Metro Prime Four. The next time we'll see it will be at an E3, and then it will come out the following spring or that holiday season. Okay. I, I don't. I don't actually think it's going to be teased that much. It's going to be. This is what it is. This is a trailer. This is some gameplay, and it's coming out in a few months or like starting next yes. year. Yes, I think. Yeah. I think the the that, next time we'll hear about Metro Prime Four will be when it's almost done, essentially. Right. Exactly. Um, cool. Uh, there will be some new info on Breath of the Wild 2 at E3, but the game will not come out this year. Definitely a possibility, and you kind of mentioned that in your prediction as well. If it's um, just some info, um, then it, and nothing more than that, then I'd be more inclined to say it'd be holiday 2021 rather than sort of spring or summer. Like, I think sure, you do yes. need to see a bit more than just some info if it is going to be first half of 2021. Uh, Nintendo will add a couple more random Super Nintendo games people don't care about to the online service and not much else. This is a sadly realistic prediction. <laughs> That's the, the most realistic prediction we've said out of everything today. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty real. Um, okay, let's move to some positive predictions then. Uh, the next game in the Fire Emblem, Splatoon, and Steam World series will be announced. That's a good shout, Steam World. It's um, they're pretty quick image and form at turning games around. I know, obviously, Quest only came out what April last year or something. But uh, they iterate pretty fast. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, by the end of this year, maybe, let's say, a November Direct or something, an Indie Direct, they would be like, and one more thing, Steam World Burst, a first-person shooter Steam World game. Who knows? Oh, um, no, that does actually sound right up like a Steam steampunk, you know, first-person yeah. shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that doesn't really work is they only make 2D games, really, so I doubt that would be a thing. Yeah. But maybe they're going to stretch their, their limbs a little. Um cool nintendo will finally reveal nintendo kart mario kart with characters for all nintendo games seems too obvious for nintendo but i think it's more likely the mario kart 9 it's got to happen straight on same same lines as bally there and new smash characters will be edelgard from three houses an eighth gen pokemon a soul caliber character guiji and crash they're fun 
I like I like those. I feel like if um, it was going to be Edelgard or say like an eighth gen Pokemon or even maybe Guiji that we might have had that by now, like. Well, well, it depends, right? Because there's a clear and obvious theme to the current uh, amount of Smash DLC, like the five characters. Like, they're, they're, all third party. they're all third-party <laughs> third characters party, from different yeah. companies. Um, we don't know what the layout slash strategy will be for the next lineup. Will it be... I th- Frankly, I think they'll continue down the crazy third-party route. Because I know. I Nintendo think it's more gets appealing. such buzz. Yeah. They get so much marketing yeah. buzz from the yeah. big pops of like, holy shit, they're in the game? Whereas like, sure, you can put Edelgard in, but it's not going to yeah. get the same like Twitter mentions that, you know, Sora from Kingdom Hearts will get. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just I not going to. Crazy third-party. I think party. now more than ever, Nintendo look at Smash Brothers as like their biggest marketing arm possible. It's just such an easy win for mm. them. Um, that they can keep going so and then we have a wild prediction nintendo will announce and release mario sports a reimagining of baseball strikers golf and more uh, yeah. they have done like mix like yeah that there was like a last sports collection yes the 3ds like sports mix or something that had basketball in it and some other stuff there was also three on three hoops on ds but that was just basketball um i think we are due like a mario sports game it's been a while since tennis. Where's Mario Rugby at? That's that's all I want to know. Um, it's never happened. Which one, sorry? Unless it was Mario Rugby. Unless they did that in like one of the Olympics games. I don't it's know. in... It, 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 yeah. Get my words out. It, the Rugby <laughs> Sevens is in uh, Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo 2020 is it? Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Well, they already did it. I saw... There's a guy who does a lot of YouTube videos on rugby and he covered it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and he said... it. It's kind of awful, to be honest, in his, uh, yeah. in his view. Uh, but okay, it, it looked fair. fun. Yeah, no, that's neat. He wasn't convinced uh, that the developers understood the rules of rugby, which doesn't <laughs> surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought Japan rugby was pretty popular there, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, it is. Don't get me wrong. But that's not to say everyone over there is into it. Who's making the game making knew the what game rugby was, was it, yeah. Say, no, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I think I would argue it's the third biggest sport, like mainstream sport after... Sure. Um, the baseball's pretty baseball big over there as well, isn't it? Baseball and soccer. But um, yeah. after those two, I believe it, it, it would be rugby. But their sort of own sport, it's like, I guess sumo is fairly big. But I was going to yes. say, have you heard of Ikiden? No. So Ikiden is, is like, it's like marathon running, but a relay. So each oh. each leg is running like miles and miles. Like I think I don't know how far each leg runs, but say it's like ten miles, and then there's like four of them, and they pass a baton, and it's like companies will sponsor Ikiden teams and stuff. Like it's a really big deal. Huh. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Japanese cool. sport for you. Nice. Uh, but you want to take the next one from Flapjackal. Flapjackal from Discord says, "I'm at work, but I still wanted to say my predictions. As bullet pointed, they will be." Breath of the Wild will be given a launch date this year year for early 2021. Uh, we've already talked about that. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 will be their big November game of 2020. That is That's so bold. wrong, it's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the wishful thinking, but no. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's, I, I used to be as bold as that with Metroid and Metroid no. Prime, but I've, yeah, I've long moved on from being that uh-huh. bold. Yeah. Guiji will be an Echo announced with Season 2 Smash Pass. That would be, I, see, the two people are mentioning Guiji now, and like, I like the idea. I, it would be very disappointing as a new character. I think just if it in, takes up a slot, you exactly, know, yeah. yeah, just in an update. Say, say, he, Echo Fighter Guiji 
It's I don't bone. even think you need to echo it. I think you could just do a skin, honestly, for Luigi. You could do a skin, but either a skin or an echo, and it's just like an added thing to an already big announcement, like a Sora or something. Like it doesn't have to be its own. Right, it doesn't count as like yeah. one of the characters you're paying exactly. for. It's like a free update or whatever. Exactly, it's it's Luigi, but it's Luigi, but translucent. Like, that's not a character. Sure. Come on. Um, does that I, mean that if you use flood on Guigi, he just melts and dies maybe, instantly? <laughs> uh, see, maybe if they added like a lot of his characteristics and like his animations were a lot less Luigi-like and more like he wobbled or something, you know? I right. Uh, yeah. Um, Travis Touchdown will be announced for Smash same day as No More Heroes comes out. Yeah, we haven't talked about No More Heroes at all, but that is another Nintendo Switch exclusive that is coming in 2020, apparently. That, that trailer at the Game Awards was fucking crazy. <laughs> like, the animated stuff, it was like this animated alien who came from space, and then he was, like, friends with the boy, and then he went back into space, and he comes back as, like, a grown-up, and he's, like... And then they announced the game as goddamn superhero it's like that was a fake announcement of a fake video game goddamn superhero and then travis touchdown just like breaks through the barrier of the announcement screen and is like i'm gonna be a superhero and it's like no more heroes 3 i love how ridiculous suda 51 is with that series it's great um i'm excited to play that game i've played both of the previous ones on wii and uh it's it's a series that i am all about the nonsense with so i'm definitely i'm interested i hope it is good because Travis Strikes Again, by all accounts, was pretty bad as a game. So I hope they, they come out swinging with the actual mainline one. Um, we'll see. We will get a Nintendo 64 Mini this year with maybe 12 games on it. Five being actual popular titles like Donkey Kong 64 and Ocarina of Time. Well, Don't don't call Donkey Kong 64 I don't popular. Uh, please, <laughs> never. Uh, I don't. If they put Donkey Kong 64 on a Nintendo 64 Mini, I would buy that thing and just burn it because I can't like abide by that existing uh i yeah as we kind of mentioned before i just don't think they're going down the mini route anymore they might bring it back later down the line but in the current i think game boy is more likely than n64 i don't know i feel like n64 that there's lots of issues you and they, they had that patent right remember there was um there were blueprints whatever it was like a patent filing for an n64 mini so it is still in the cards but like the controllers that's such so unwieldy and like you'd have to have multiple of them it would be a bit a bit difficult like you could put things like mario party on there be good mario party 2 yeah, um, that would be good but yeah it's a it's a tough proposition the switch heavy will be announced at e3 released in september a more powerful switch that can still dock i like the name the opposite <laughs> of the light the yes. heavy um yeah, like there's rumors floating around recently of the Switch Pro. Uh, I think Circuit Toto on Twitter, he's uh, like analyst or whatever, and was saying potentially that's coming out this year. Um, I I feel like it will happen eventually. I don't know when, and I don't know like to what extent is that a PS4 Pro situation versus them like jumping into a new console. Like, what's the transition from Switch to Switch Two like? Does that happen? Will it be a backwards compatible thing? All these questions I think are probably best reserved for a few years. Um, we're only we're coming up on the third anniversary of Switch, so three years, which is pretty short. Um, and obviously with the big HD twins coming out with their next systems at the end of uh, 2020, it is, uh, it's going to be interesting for Nintendo how they combat that, how they deal with uh, all those games and, and the, the perceived power differential. Uh, which mm. there will be a large one because be the, the sort of perceived power differential at this point in time is arguably the best it's been for nintendo in quite a while oh I'd it has for say. certain yeah 
Um, and I think we are at a stage where I personally don't know what like PS5 or next Xbox is going to play like in terms of like what that power is going to look like to to play, you know, and if there is going to be that new discrepancy again or whether it'll just feel like a little bit of a boost, you know, I think it's hard to maybe yeah. tell. Uh, so we'll see. And I don't think Nintendo are probably waiting for the reaction of those things. I think they've already got their plans set in train. But um, I do hope that Nintendo aren't just perceived again as like, oh, they're just, they've got the old tech, you know, they're not into it. I think the Switch has, has proven that like, that's some really, that's some hot tech right there, you know, and regardless of how hot these new systems are, Nintendo are still making like high quality, very good looking HD games. Um, and ultimately, a lot of the games that do well on Switch you don't need graphical prowess for like hollow knight and celeste and even minecraft right like and these are games that they work and people like them and they run and you don't need 25 billion gigaflops to run this and on top of that like most of the nintendo first party stuff just looks like another tier when it comes to how like crisp and fine those sure games yeah. look. they they know how to just wring the most out of their own consoles absolutely and if we do get like a mario odyssey 2 this year or like we see you know breath of wild 2 trailers i think people fans of those games will not care how good or bad you know ps5 is looking at that point in time it's all about the, the gameplay in those games yeah uh, and launch tends to be bad launch games tend to be awful so uh if nintendo comes out swinging and they're like mario odyssey 2 for holiday it's a good competition uh for certain so then we have uh b king who says i feel like nintendo's games this year and next will focus a bit more on co-op uh to take advantage of the switch's hardware breath of wild 2 will be in the january direct and will be announced as a late 2020 game even though nintendo might not directly compete with xbox or playstation i think they still want to put out some heavy hitters to show why everyone would want a switch the trailer won't show it but this direct there will be a playable zelda however link is also playable and you'll also be switching between the characters during the story um so yeah i mean similar to what i'd mentioned before in that you could play as both you could maybe play as zelda for a bit and then find link who knows um Odyssey 2 will also be shown, but not until E3, with a trailer hinting at a playable Luigi. This will be announced in the 2021 game. Didn't talk about that, but, like, Luigi was playable in Galaxy 1 and 2, uh, Mm. and uh, has often been a part of the Mario mainline games in some playable form. Um, Yeah, I... Was he sorely missed in Odyssey? I don't know, but... No, not really. um, He's got his own thing now, right? Luigi's Mansion, so... He has his own thing. It was a very good game, and you can always play Luigi Balloon Mode in Odyssey anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Why? What other podcast mentions Luigi Balloon Mode (laughs) twice? I don't... Oh, dear. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, And then we have the Switch Pro that will not be out this year, but it may be shown off in a direct later in the year. I'm very much looking forward to your predictions as well. Thank you, B-King. Uh cool right our final email on discord i should say is from jackpot who says here's a couple of small on the spot predictions hopefully you haven't recorded yet uh number one uh switch finally gets a ux update in 2020 including themes hmm themes 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 my man i can't fucking believe that day one there's an option in the settings and it says themes and you can switch between white and black (laughs) and that is it (laughs) It's just baffling to me. It's not necessarily baffling, right? Because I think one of the things that people have constantly said about Switch is how streamlined and fast it is and how you can get into your game instantly. There's no fluff on the menu. It is all built around the idea of streamlining as much as possible. And yes, when I boot on my 3DS, it takes a couple extra seconds to load up that nice little theme in the background. 
But I like it, man. I like personality. it as well. I it's the personality it. that I'm missing from Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and you can the charge sterility. for them. You can make a fortune. They can... would make so much oh fucking money, God. Jesus. Like, even yeah. um, if you gave away free themes, like over the holidays, PlayStation did a free Christmas theme that I went and downloaded. And then there was also a code floating around on Twitter for a Ghost of Tsushima theme. So I went and downloaded that as well. So I had my holiday theme over the holidays. And then uh, when... Uh, the new year, I mean, the new year now, I should probably change it to uh, the Ghost of Tsushima theme to get mm. me excited for that game. Nice. So. Yeah, yes, I love please. stuff like that. I mean, maybe it'd be... Folders, for fuck's sake, folders. folders. Jesus, man. <laughs> I have a lot of games now on my Switch, and I would really appreciate some folders. But uh, yeah, it, it is a bizarre one. I, would it almost be too late or too weird to add folders and themes now? Or no, because would... it's Nintendo and they add things at like the tenth possible hour. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in the year of Animal Crossing, I feel it'd be appropriate to include themes for a game that's so focused on um, being cute and having customization. Customization, yeah. exactly. It'd be it'd be nice. Uh, cool. Number two, the Yakuza series is ported to Switch in the form of Yakuza, Yakuza Zero. That is a great call. Uh, that's absolutely one of those Japanese third-party games. Like to be frank with you, Kiryu Kazuma as a Smash Brothers fighter, I would not be surprised by. You know, you throw him in there, that would be pretty interesting. Um, and it works, right? It's a third-party character. It's a franchise that is now getting a lot of popularity, um, and it is also from a Japanese developer. Um, Who's the main character, so, sorry? Kazuma Kiryu. Um, he, uh, he's like a, it's like a member of the Yakuza who's not really in the Yakuza anymore. I was going to say, is, like, not. my knowledge of like Japan and the Yakuza, would Nintendo really want like a member of the Yakuza? <laughs> <laughs> well it's not really the yakuza no you know like it's a it's a franchise it's a different thing um sure it's a bit more mature than what they usually go for but also he doesn't really use guns like it's it's a melee combat game so he's... sure i'm just i just think it's got a lot of real world connotations. right also he's like he's like a real man and <laughs> yeah. like in terms of like it's the fidelity of the character like the yakuza are real and i don't sure. know i don't know i nintendo has surprised me with more crazy stuff before oh um, for sure yeah Number three, Odyssey 2 is announced, but with the twist that all of Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad are playable mirroring Super Mario Bros. 2, each character's unique abilities are used to traverse worlds differently to collect moons. You know what I think would actually be more appropriate is that you, like Yoshi in the end of Mario Odyssey, they're just characters who are standing there and you throw your cap at them and you just capture them, essentially. So you, you capture Luigi and Peach and Toad. Yeah, I, I was thinking about j- just the visuals of, like, Mario going into, like, his... You know, that the animation where he goes into something and him going right. into Peach would be a bit like... <laughs> what? Yeah, like... Oh, boy, I don't know. Yeah, you'd have some uh, some think pieces there about... Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Even though Nintendo doesn't think about that stuff at all. Yeah. And, like, they would have no intentionality behind that uh you know it's interesting i'm sure it would pass their um whatever you call it testing or whatever when it comes yeah. to like is this too weird for a western audience Nah, we'll go with it no Screw it's it. fine they've seen weirder uh for sure cool uh well thank you everyone for writing in those predictions uh lots of good ones in there some uh some fun things for us to think about and uh and that's pretty much going to close it out for the show uh we have a few things though before we leave obviously we've got to plug things and, and get out of here but 
there's a segment that we mentioned in uh the last episode that we i had this idea uh that we were going to tell each other at the start of the year be nice to be an annual tradition yeah make it make it a new one basically where i say bally you have to play this game <laughs> and bally says and said you have to play this game and there is no two ways about it we must play them i, um, I think we agreed or at least try it for a good four or five hours yeah <laughs> like the, with the caveat like you you don't have to force your way through it if you're really not enjoying it um, but you've had you've played four or five hours you have a viewpoint on that game and you've experienced it you like you you have yeah. some context yeah exactly um and bali i gave him before we started recording the show i was like do we have a name for this and i was like well bali we've got to start recording if you don't come up with a name in the next five seconds then we're just gonna not have a name and then bali just out of nowhere game trade that's uh, it so it's game trade game trade which is nice because it's like evokes the idea of giving each other games to play i've done yeah. that with you a lot yeah recently, we, where... we still do that it's great yeah um, I, I played Pikmin 3 because of that. You gave me Pikmin 3. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you obviously have my copy of Uncharted 4 and my copy of Codename Steam, which who knows how many fucking years it'll be <laughs> Codename Steam. But anyway. Okay. Um, so Game Trade is uh, we're going to tell each other now and we neither of us have told each other what game we're forcing the other person to play. Uh, so who wants to go first? Uh, me or you, Bali? I'll give you mine because I can't really work out what you're about to give me. Although the okay. fact you've mentioned codename Steam has now made me think, oh, maybe it'll be that. Yeah, but, um, well, who knows? Uh, the game I would like you to play, MBZ, uh, is a game very close to my heart, and that is Okami. Yeah, I knew it. 100% you, you knew it. it. I knew you would know it. Um, yeah, But obviously. me and Ali T, more so than me, have been saying how good this game is for a very long time. Um and I, I stand by, I think it is the strongest of the traditional Zeldas. Like, it's up there with Wind Waker for me. So, yeah, I'd like you to give it a go. And I know you have it on your Switch. I do. I do own it, yes. Um, cool. My one for you uh, has already been mentioned somewhat in our uh, chat over the last hour and a half or so. Chrono Trigger? No. Um, Bali? Because I know you're going to play Chrono Trigger this year. So I am going to play Chrono Trigger. This a game year. that you will not get to on your own unless I tell you to play it, guaranteed. <laughs> Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. The Phoenix first game. Wright Ace Attorney. <laughs> wow. You have to play that game. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Yeah. yeah there great. you go. Uh, it's cool. a genre you've never had any experience in, okay. really. Um, and I think you would... I would like to see how you feel about it because there's lots there's some weird japanese things in it is a hint anime but it is also a really damn good story cool. uh with twists and interesting characters um and yeah so i can I, get I the just, trilogy on my switch yes you can get the trilogy to play it yeah pretty much uh, it's the easiest way yeah. for you to play it um it's also my kind of sly way of indoctrinating you into the series so that you end up playing them all <laughs> no but it's, but that it's a good example of this idea of game trade because that was a game that i do want to play but it's very low down my list in terms of like totally, all yes. the games that you've talked about that are on my list to play like I've it's got... like one day you'll get to it probably but like unless i force you to play it right now exactly. it's not going to happen in 2020 yeah, exactly it yeah. wasn't going to happen in 2020 and, as much... and i think okami's kind of the same it's like yeah i'll get to okami but yeah. i don't know when you know um, it's a long game it's a lot to it's a lot to big bite big bite to yeah, chew for sure uh, but like i i think it's it's very true that like maybe if you like this then you end up actually yeah i will play the other games and it's a similar situation to like you gave me pikmin 3 and i'm like yeah i'll buy pikmin 4 day one as soon as that comes out now i will like i don't think i would right. have done if i hadn't played right. that game um yeah. so yeah for sure great 
So there you go. Uh, we don't really have like hard stipulations on when to play these. Yeah, we sort of said a bit like Backlog Club. We're going to play them imminently and then sort of agree a time, well, when, when, when we'll talk about them on the show and it'll just sort of appear in what we've been playing, really. Yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, fun thing that we can do. And uh, cool. Sets up nicely for the rest of 2020. So, uh, let's get on out of here then, and before we go, talk about all the things that we do and places you can find us. Obviously, we are supported by some lovely people over on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisnintendolife. Pally, who are we thanking for this episode? Thank you to all of our patrons, but a big thanks to our two $10 patrons. They are my fiance Caroline and Atari Alex. Thank you for your continued support. It's hugely appreciated absolutely and uh yeah you can go check us out there we got lots of bonus episodes uh we had our nintendo game of the year that came out in december so if you didn't get enough podcasts from us in december because clearly we definitely we didn't did do it. that many we did, at all. we did six or seven podcasts in december it was, yeah if you include the patreon one it was seven podcasts seven in december patreon uh so you can go check that out if you want even more of us in your ears uh which is good uh you can find us in various places on the internet you can find our twitter account at tnl podcast and uh you can obviously follow us individually i'm at lord nbz on twitter you can go watch me figure out what pokemon i am and be very disappointed with the result that was hilarious (laughs) Uh, oh man i uh yeah you should do one of those bally um i want to see what pokemon you are (laughs) I've got also my sister did it and there's a funny video that I don't think she's going to post anywhere of her getting Lapras and then me going Lapras and she's like Lapras and like then moves the video close to her it's, it's very good um, so anyway uh, Bally where can they find you for a potential video of you finding out what Pokemon you are exactly I am on Twitter at Ballyman91 that's B-A-L-L-Y-M-A-N-9-1 uh, and we should also say we both recorded our own personal top 10 games of the year videos um we did yes mine is pinned on my twitter account so definitely check that out uh and that was a lot of fun to do that's the second was, year i've yeah. done it it's your fifth year i think we worked out sixth video sixth i think actually video. yeah maybe um so yeah did uh, done a lot of those which is good they're uh, fun to do and it means that we can kind of cover everything and be like out of every single game that came out what are your personal top yeah. um good stuff uh, obviously, you can find us in various places across the internet. We are on uh, Spotify. Uh, you can find us there. Um, I've been getting some stats from Spotify, which is nice. Got a few followers over there. It'd be nice to get some more people following us over on Spotify. Um, they uh, they do their like wrapped end of the year thing. So actually, if you're a podcaster on Spotify, you get different things through that, which is cool. Uh, we are on TuneIn, so you can hear us through your Alexa. We are on iTunes, of course, podcasting um platform apple podcasts um we are on any podcatchers stitcher all that stuff find us there just search for this nintendo life you'll probably find us uh we obviously can also be found through our email address that you can send us emails to and now that we're kind of we're out of the season of like send us your game of the year send us your predictions now it's time to just get back to the regular old emails so if you have an interesting question anything fun to send to us please send it to our email address which Bally will tell you right now please send them to this nintendo life at gmail.com that is this nintendo life at gmail.com uh, as mbz says we'd hugely appreciate any questions that'd be fun to read out on the show absolutely um that i think is pretty much it i feel like there was a lot to do at the end but uh i think we covered it always it. Any, um, any new year's resolutions uh i don't believe in new year's resolutions <laughs> frankly uh, i think that's stupid um 
video game New Year's resolutions, there are there are a few games I've that got, I... I've got a New Year's resolution. Okay, go for it. I'm going to play Phoenix right. Nice, good. <laughs> That's not go. really a resolution. I just forced <laughs> you to do that. Um, my, I, I, I have a few games that have been on the backlog for a long time, um, and I'm doing one of those right now. I am playing Final Fantasy Tactics, which nice. is a game that I bought years and years ago and is a classic by all accounts. And, uh, and yeah, I'm getting through that. So... Uh, that's one going to be ticked off the list, but I'd be like, I think like played a lot of new games in 2019. I'd like to go back because a lot of this podcast in the early days was us playing older things, and I, I want to do a bit more of that this yeah. year. So I'm going to try to do that as, as hard as it is with all the shiny new Final Fantasy VII remakes and Animal Crossings coming out. Well, they're, they're not until March, so that does give us yeah. a window to kind of go got on, a bit of a buffer here. Yeah. So for sure, um, cool. Well, that is going to close us out. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another episode. Until then, have a good one, and uh, have a good 2020. See you soon. Bye-bye. interludes used on today's show were timber hearth from outer wilds copyright mobius digital 2019 and the warp room from crash 2 in the crash bandicoot insane trilogy copyright activision 2017 cool we good yes okay so just for clarity old predictions old predictions new predictions emails announced games we're giving it we should come up with maybe a name for it i don't if you can think of a name within the next five seconds uh, then think of one otherwise game trade game trade i like it game <laughs> trade good okay well done right, Valid. done it <laughs> happy with that <laughs> oh dear wow we're very prepared i love professional. that yeah <laughs> rolling with it it's game trade okay good